0: Alright, everybody, welcome to episode number 16 of its server time. It's been a couple of months, but there's been a lot of moving parts here. Actually, mostly just me who is uh who was working Flashpoint and then uh just kind of hanging out in LA and whatnot. But we've got a guest, we've got Junior. Uh recently played for Furia. Uh Junior, though, welcome welcome to the pod. Thanks for thanks for hopping on. Thank you, boys. Glad to ha- glad to be here. Alright, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna basically start by getting into a Q&A. We don't usually do a Q&A section, but we have a we have a guy that's done a lot recently. We've Junior's been through a lot. We've watched him go through the trials and tribulations of switching to an all Portuguese speaking lineup which then converted to speaking English to try to accommodate him. But to start things off, Junior, I'm I'm kind of curious um, maybe let, we'll save the the language barrier for later. But how did it feel moving from Triumph to Furia? Kind of in terms of the organizations. Mm-hmm. It was right away. You could tell the difference because
1: like everything was like with Triumph, they're, pro- 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 they're professional still. But like when you hit Furia, everything they there's, they have like a person for every aspect of the org, like stream social media of course and then they have like even more little like smaller parts and it really like opened my eyes about how like professional professional is it's done
2: yeah it's kind of similar i remember to uh like when i was working with the atk guys and then we joined cloud nine just like the massive step up in terms of like yeah going from atk which is like pretty loose to cloud nine which is like it has a person for everything like the sponsors are like a lot more serious in terms of what you can and can't do shit like that Mm. it's definitely it's like a big adjustment to take
3: for sure i'm kind of curious like what it was what it was like working for you with uh, with gary specifically like i know that at least in my experience with them he was he seemed like a really good coach but this is pretty early when they came here so i'm just mm-hmm. curious how he how it was now with him he's
1: literally like he's the rock inferior he does literally everything like match days he does all the prep all the counter strating, all in like in eu match days we like 3 p.m., 4 p.m., and he'd wake up at, like, 11 o'clock and do the counter do all the prep for, like, the whole best of three that we had. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it, and he, like, he's in, he's in his zone, so, like, you can't really talk to him when he's doing it. It was really, it's, like, really interesting to see.
0: How about for yeah, Matt? I'm... For... Oh, okay, yeah, Mix. What do you no, mean? no, I was
2: gonna say I'm kind of the same when I'm, like, doing prep for my team and, like... I was like at the C9 house, be doing prep, and people like try to come up and bother me. I'd be like, "Stop fucking talking to me! Like I'm mm-hmm. in
0: the zone. You're distracting me. Yeah. You're, you're ruining my work."
3: <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> did,
0: you guys, did you guys have an analyst for Furia? No, we did not. Okay, so, so he did all of it. Wow. Okay. Damn. So yeah, I'm curious then, uh, game to game, what is he? What's he bringing? Is Art bringing the game plan? Is it Gary? Is it? It's both, I'm sure, like in some Mm. respects. Like what what was the back and forth like between those two?
1: Um,
0: it would start with like Gary doing
1: like rewatching their matches and then he'd bring the ideas to Art and then Art would like Gary would tell Art like what what we did or what what they did Mm -hmm. and then Art would be Art would come up with a game plan and then he would they would discuss it and fix it and then they would like bring it on to the rest of the team.
0: How easy or difficult was it to incorporate a game plan into your style? I know you had... Uh, Kind of individual difficulties on the team like your rating was not 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 nearly as good as it was for triumph or anything like that and Watching you in the server sometimes sometimes I thought like you looked actually weirdly more comfortable on T sides in my eyes Uh, Like was I don't know like like sometimes when you were battle-opping like I remember on Mirage for example when you guys were playing against Navi sometimes you guys broke down some pretty tough situations uh, to, to beat them or to at least look really competitive against them, so that was what I was taking then. But I mean, like, what was? I mean, okay, what were the hard parts and easy parts of of bringing in, like a a, Fury, a game plan like to your mm-hmm. style? In my style, it, it, the T side was like
1: it was probably the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in Counter Strike. Yeah, because okay. like if I, if I was because I'm an, I'm an opera, so I I'm used to like calling my own set plays in route Yeah, but for Fury, that's not really a thing. Okay. You gotta like. You gotta adapt to art's route and what art wants to do for that round. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of difficult for me to play t sides, but ct sides I got to do basically like whatever I want as operators should.
0: Okay. Then definitely that's just me taking a, a very particular match and like extrapolating upon it. Mm-hmm. It was just that it was just that one game, I guess, but. Um, okay, let me think about, uh, okay, so, so let's, let's maybe get into it just a little bit. The language barrier for them, they were, they were definitely competent at speaking English that I know a few of them played, played FPL occasionally, for example, like I'm sure they knew basic call outs, but when they had to explain, like, did you guys even get into explaining concepts or anything like that? Or was it just like, you do this? It was the concept part of
1: the game was all art. Mm-hmm. cuz he he speaks like the best English probably but with Vinny pretty even. Yeah. But it there wasn't really like any in-depth talk, but if there was in-depth talk, it'd be in Portuguese and then Vinny would translate it or Art would translate it. That's how it would like the deep in-game top- talks
0: went. So, so what's like a concept that you took from FURIA that is there anything that was like mind-blowing like oh my god, the way you guys see the game is so much different than me?
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: oh, okay. that was like it's really hard to like understand how they play, but once like art's explaining it to you, you're like, wow, that makes perfect sense. But then like it's hard to see as you're watching the game what art's thinking, but when he explains what he's thinking, you're like like this guy's a genius.
0: Okay. Okay, like uh do you have any examples?
1: Uh it's it's weird because And he's, when we're watching matches back and he's explaining like why he did this, I'm like, How do you think of this in this situation? Like, we're getting con split on A and he's like jumping through con smokes back and forth. And I'm like, What's going, what's going through your head here? Like, he gets two kills and he keeps going. And he's, and but when he so, like, to me, that's like, you get two, it's like a 5v3, we're good, you can relax. But then in his head, it's like he needs to get more or else like we we could lose that th- 5v3 based on the map control that the Ts have which was understandable.
0: Okay, so Yeah, I get what
2: he's saying. He, like cuz yeah. it's like you get into like a 5v3 in that situation, especially like a con split, and like you fall passive and you lose more map control and then like one person dies. and mm-hmm. Then suddenly, you know, you've like completely lost the numbers advantage on the site and so he's like he's worried he's worried about the round like instantly turning back like the tide mm-hmm. instantly turning back to to the Ts. So he's like going trying, for
0: even more
2: yeah like yeah, trying to yeah. keep the pressure up to like kind of continue stalking yeah. like the split
0: that does that does relate a lot to how when you kinder came on this podcast he talked about how in 5v4 advantages they still don't want to lose info they they still want to know mm-hmm. like, everything that's going on uh and i think that's that's kind of been um i'd say like a not necessarily a revelation, like, pe- teams have been doing this for a long time, but I think in, in fundamental terms, people would always be like, if you have a man advantage, you should just turtle a little I-S-K, bit yeah. yeah, but but I think that is, wh- okay, so what do you think about that, like, does that, do you think actually, um, and this is not related to Fury, but even in your own opinion, do you think in a 5v3, 5v4, you should, like, how passive, like, I guess yeah. How passive should you play in a five v three? You think on CT side?
1: I think it, it depends on like where your team's positioned on the map and where the opera is.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, um, like say Mirage for example, it's five v three. The opera can just play play CT. There can be a guy like like flashed in the ramp or palace, and then you have the round one. But I think you can't let's play AFK on a five v three because the T's can like easily traded out into a 2v, 2v3 two yeah. and like it bombs bombs down the T opera still alive and you just lose
2: yeah i'm always worried about like you still need to like have info in some way because like you have like because like you said like you're in like a 5v3 or a mirage right you're like your ct opera like ct you have like one dude that's just like hiding on a site or like you know just playing a site like default or something and then maybe you have like another guy that's like stairs like at that point i feel like you really Like, you might not have, like, enough info, especially if, like, you're kind of split up on B. Because, you know, because, you know, the T's can instantly just, like, go up cat or something, especially if they have, like, a smoke to, like, block off the con guy. And then, like, you slightly fuck up on B, like, one person, like, gets killed without being able to make a trade. You know, you instantly just end up in, like, a 2v3, and they have, like, the B-bomb side. Like, that's not really a situation I generally want to be in as a CT. Like, I want to try to keep the pressure up in some way. Yeah, I feel like... Go ahead.
3: I think it's also just contextual on your utility and your buy in general, right? Like, if you're on a 5v3, but you have, like, three MP9s, a Deagle, and an M4, like, by nature, you're going to want to be a little bit more aggressive anyway, because by giving up that much positioning with those sort of guns, you're just not going to, like, you can get deathballed pretty easily, I think.
2: Yeah, with MP9s, I don't want my team to stop holding W. I just want them to run and gun the entire time. It's definitely tough. It can depend because I'm always worried about like what's happening on the other side of the map and what positions you're in and like how quickly you can help. If like you know you kind of get split up on the map, because it's mm-hmm. really easy to like miss out on one kill or miss out on one trade and then lose the bomb site into a two v three, which is like always like super winnable for the T's, especially if you're like a little on U2. Mm,
4: yeah,
3: I mean, taking it a little back to Furia for a second, I'm just curious. Like, I think. The last couple of months, at least, like, the team struggled a little bit. And I think even Art specifically struggled a little bit versus how he was, I think, a little bit at the start of the year. So, like, for example, for EPL and for, um, for I.M. Katowice. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what was that like for you guys internally during this tournaments? Like, but did it feel like something was just off compared to when you first joined the team? Um not not really because every match kind of felt the
1: same um there wasn't like much like change happening like art from from when I started to when I decided to bench myself art the change really wasn't crazy there was a couple matches where like it was crazy where like when we lost the cloud 9 16 one and 16 four. That was that was like one of the worst, like the worst matches I've ever been really? a part of. That's, of. that's the only good match we had. So <laughs> <laughs> it was. That's the only match I would say. Like you could tell, there's like a huge difference, like in switch in him. But then he get like after them. The next tournament after that, he like turned it back on and started being like doing art things. Well, from the community, I was led to
2: believe that you guys actually just threw that game for seeding. And so that one actually didn't count for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think community is always right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, speak, speaking of the community, I, w- I was curious when you moved from Triumph to Furia, like what I'm sure you your visibility increase and I'm sure your follower count and all that stuff increased on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, you like what was the interaction like with the fans? Was it a positive experience, a negative experience? Did it motivate you, hurt you? What? it was
1: all uh, i would say it was always a positive okay because like if it was negative i can't speak portuguese and or read it <laughs> so it didn't really <laughs> like don't sh- change my mind yeah but like when they when like they were, the portuguese fans were talking to me they would speak english so i could like
4: yeah
1: understand it and it was mostly like 90 i'd say 95 percent positive like the Furia fans are like insane
0: that's pretty cool. I feel like the MIBR fans are kind of are ruthless. pretty, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I right. was going to say that. The the difference between MIBR and FURIA fans is crazy.
0: And that's, they're all from Brazil. That's interesting. I think okay, Brazilian fans don't have the best best rep in the CS space, I would say, and I think yeah. that's mostly actually just MIBR fans cuz FURIA, like what do you think it is about the team that that brings out maybe the best of Brazilian fans? I think it's weird because i think
1: it's like what i i don't know how to describe it but like what furious stands for is like they're always professional no matter like what shitty like event happens they'll always be like the professional out of it and i think like the fans of fury recognize that and they're like because they're not dumb they if they're gonna represent fear they're not gonna be like toxic and yeah you know what i mean yeah i get i
0: get you Okay,
1: that's yeah. So, so
3: for it, me, that specifically just reminds me of like the the whole I think it was a, a round restart or something that yeah. happened between Furia mm-hmm. and, and MIBR yep. like mm-hmm. quite a while ago, where yeah. Furia was like, We're just gonna let Gary handle it, and then yeah, yeah. MIBR were pissed about it. That's how I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of
0: uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of what happened with. with... Flashpoint, but let's uh let's just move that's not that's not you know,
3: we don't there's a can <laughs> moving of worms moving swiftly onward.
0: <laughs> there's a can of worms we don't need to open. But that's actually pretty cool. Just a remark on that. I think that 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 does actually make so much sense because because I feel like everybody from Furia just comes across as so respectable. Uh art just always keeps like he always has a really good tone in interviews. Uh Vinny yeah. just seems so humble and modest all the time. Ceserato, we don't hear as much from, but you know, you feel like he just does his talking in the server. And uh Yuri also just kind of the same deal for me. Like Mm -hmm. there's very little like I don't have any negative opinions about really any of them actually outside the server. Like yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I
3: have a really positive opinion outside of the server for them. Cause like my first event was Zotec Cup America's and I went there with like not knowing anyone, never having interviewed a single player before. And I got there on the media day, which I didn't realize. So it was a little bit weird because all the teams were just practicing. And Freya's just like, come chill with us. And I sat up there while they were practicing for like four hours. Gary and Jamie were just talking to me. It was super chill, dude. Those guys like welcomed me like a family. It was kind of sick. That yeah, stuck they, with me since.
1: Yeah. Everyone that they meet, they like include them in their family. It's, it's weird. I've never met anything like it. As an American, it's like weird. Because like if you're out of your like comfort zone and you see like a big group of people, you think that like... They won't involve you because you're American. There's like the whole the whole click thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if you're not a part of us, and like leave it, leave me alone. But they go out of their way to like come bring you into them and like make you feel
0: make you feel at home. So so that totally happened when you were on the team. Yeah, yeah. They they made sure to include you in everything. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I can even tell like the situation for for you seemed like pretty decent in terms of like you know. Obviously, it's still, like, a big, like, culture difference, just, like, naturally. it's something that's always going to be hard to, like, kind of get over naturally, especially, like, the language barrier outside of the game and stuff. But, like, they still, I think, seem to do, like, a pretty good job of, like, including you and stuff compared to, like, maybe, like, from, like, some of the stories that have been told about, like, when MIBR brought on Stewie and, you know, he was, like, the lone American in the team. And, like, you know, obviously they were friends with him and stuff, but it wasn't really, like, the same type of thing where it kind of seemed like Stewie kind of felt, like, you know, kinda of like an outcast compared to the rest mm-hmm. of them before Tarek joined.
1: Yeah, that um they invited me to like do everything that they were doing as a group. But sometimes it would get like all into Portuguese and they would have to like it's hard for them to switch back.
4: Yeah,
2: back they, have to, like, they have to like to be like they have mindful to, of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: they have they have to think that like they need to speak and think in English when yeah. I'm there.
2: It's a difficult thing to do for sure. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure if people start drinking, they're just going to speak in their native tongue more than <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, that <not. laughs> It's probably so difficult, actually. Um, okay, uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, still still stuff that when you were playing with them, it, it seems like in the very beginning, you guys you guys beat an IP pretty early on. I think did you you beat Navi too, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, and then it it kind of. Like stuttered after that. Uh, kind of things started to seem. They seem like they started getting harder. Why? Why do you think that happened? I think when we started,
1: no teams EU teams had any idea, like how I would fit into Fira, into Furia. Because uh-huh. I think my play style, they would they might expect my play style to be into Furia, and that's how it started. Because like me and Art would double op aggressively. A lot, and then as it like calmed down, art started rifling, and like I had I started playing passive, which I should never do. And mm-hmm. then that's how that's when we started having hiccups. And then I had to like rebuild my confidence to be like the aggressive opera I am. And that's that's whenever we lo- had hiccups, I had I had to like bring myself back up after like. It's weird because when I was on Triumph, I had I could do basically anything, and like they had to listen to me. Mm -hmm. But on Fury, I had to like, I couldn't do whatever I wanted, and that kind of like that was like a thing for me to get over. I had to like play a certain way for like certain things to happen into the round.
3: Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask just before you brought up Triumph, like that sort of struggle. At least it seemed like it wasn't something you really experienced on Triumph, mm-hmm. or if you did, you were able to sort of pull yourself out of it. Um so with like not being able to ad- adapt your own style in Furia, like what what were you trying to do to to sort of recover from that? Um when I was in Triumph, I didn't really have like
1: maybe I had like a bad series, mm-hmm. but then after that, like I was really good at resetting myself. But on Furia, whenever I had to have a bad series, like on Furia, you're the, like, overdog. So you expect to win, you're expected to win, like, every game. And on Triumph, you were the underdog. So, if, like, say the MIBR game with Grimm, when Grim had his 100, God knows how many kills, and we still lost, it still felt like we won. But, like, if we were Furia, and we played, like um, like, tier 3 eu team and we lost then that like that adds onto the pressure that you have to play good and if you don't then like you get attacked by literally everything everything and everyone
4: hmm. Okay.
0: um what what do you think so I, I kind of glanced at the teams you played when you were on triumph versus the teams you played on on, on furia and i mean the caliber of opponents really did increase on a consistent basis like on, on triumph you did play the occasional you know top team but they were usually north american based uh like i would assume eg uh or liquid or uh you know mibr kind of teams but furia you're battling you know vp navi uh fpx i, I like i'm i'm just trying to even recall the team like it was so many tier one teams what do you think is the biggest step from playing mostly kind of na based teams to world-class competition um i think the biggest thing
1: i recognize is that if you're if you're like if you don't play a situation correctly you will get punished 100 percent of the times because okay. they don't miss shots like if you get, like, I played Yekandar. Oh, my God. I played him, and I couldn't peek anything. If I, I, I couldn't re Like, if I was in NA, I would re like, three times and kill them all. But if I peeked this guy, I was gone, like, before I could even blink. And he did this to me, like, four times, four rounds in a row. And I was like, wow, can I get a break? <laughs>
2: That's just how it is. That's kind of how it feels whenever you play, whenever you scrim, like, any CIS team. Like, even if you've oh, never yeah. heard of any of them. You're There's always like deleted. one dude on the other team that's just deleting you, like running drive through smokes. No fucking chance. You're not even playing <laughs> wrong. He's just insta deleting you. Yeah, like some dude you've never heard of.
1: <laughs> that's the biggest thing I recognize is that you get, like, they don't miss. They don't miss their shots. And so I'm if they you peek you, if they peek you, you die.
3: Yeah. Or if you peek them and you miss, you die. How about? I mean, bring...
0: Okay,
4: yeah, go for
3: it. I was just gonna say you're bringing up your kinder, but like before you. Before you started playing for Furia, you talked to me about how Simple was an inspiration for you. So like, what was it like finally playing against him oh, yeah. a bunch?
1: It was it was funny because
3: I've watched so many
1: matches of his that like I was telling my team like where he's at. It was it was, there was a certain round I don't remember where like the whole team, like I had I was like I my team because I saw Simple do something that I saw in a like three demos, and I knew exactly what he was doing next,
0: and I've never like experienced that before. So you felt like you had a better read on Simple, probably yeah. your kinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, how,
4: how
0: about how about on the the more tactical side? Were there teams that that like in the mid late round you're just confused, or did Fear? Gambit? Gambit, yeah, Gambit, Gambit, yeah, Gambit's
1: yeah, the team. That I would say I would if I like won a match and I'm like I have to play Gambit, I'm like, fuck.
4: Yeah. Gambit.
1: No, any any team but Gambit, Gambit's the one team that I'm like, wow, I don't want to play these guys. Why why is that? They, they they don't make mistakes and if they make a mistake it's just because that one player whiffs. And then they have four more players who don't whiff. Right. So they, they don't you can't there's no flaw in their game. They don't they don't mess up, they don't whiff. They all five of them know the role, what they need to do to win, and it's it's crazy. It's
0: like Astralis 2018. Okay, actually that uh, about Gambit more specific. Um No, well we'll talk about Gambit. We'll talk about Gambit more. We'll all get our opinions in on Gambit. I, I think we'll try to close out the the kind of Q&A. Side. Okay, so Mix mix. you have any more questions for for Junior? No, I'm good. Okay. No, you got anything you got anything left in the tank? Uh Oh, uh, okay, well, I have one, actually. I, one. I don't think so, so go for <laughs> it. Okay, okay, I'm curious. Uh, okay, so, Sheikh Zula. everybody props him up as being uh, a really, really strong IGL for the North American scene that's been coming up for a while. He's on Bad News Bears now. Uh, we'll get into maybe, like, our thoughts on Bad News Bears as a whole, but, like, when you were playing under him, what are some things that you liked about his calling style? I think if he, like... We, I joke with him a lot, but
1: he knows it. That like he he loses his hands too much. But now he's gotten a lot better. What do you mean? But whenever what like, do you mean like losing lose, his, lose, his lose. hands, he doesn't shoot. Like uh, his mouth, his it's, mouth stops. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like with JC, we call that Johnny. Shoot
1: your gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then like, if I think he could, if he like fixed that, I think he could be one of the best IGls in the world. Like for him, I think he made me. Like who I am because he he told me like you need to do this, and if this, this, and this, and if you need any help or anything, let me know and he always has like it's I think every opera under Sheikh Zula will always shine because he like he makes makes it known that the operas like that like the number one like the number one guy like you need if you if the opera says anything, like the four riflers have to like stop what they're doing and listen to him. And it was really it was really cool to play under.
3: When are we seeing the reunion?
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Jake Dula. Yeah.
2: But I do a similar thing in my teams where I'm always like, if the opera wants to do something, it's like they're the one player in the team that has like the green light to be selfish, like at all times. Mm-hmm. Like if they want to do something, then we fucking listen to them and we we do like the peak that they want to do or the play that they want to do. Especially on C T sides. T sides it can be a little bit different. Yeah. But on but on but on C T sides it's like you know, the I opera always says something. Do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever the opera wants to do, you're you're playing around him.
4: Yeah.
2: I think in a lot of ways, I think people don't realize that like a lot of CT size, even for top teams, probably rely heavily around the opera, and at times like the opera's probably even like calling more than like the whoever IGL. the actual yeah, yeah whoever the IGL is.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, actually, I I just thought of so many more questions now that that, that you say that. I I'm curious. Uh, kind of. Um. You played with Grim also for a while when you were on that team, and he's been doing pretty. He's been doing like like he didn't. I will say he's not like excelling on Liquid, but he's doing solid. He's doing he's mm-hmm. doing really solid work. Uh, how is it playing with him as a teammate?
1: I think he's. I'm not like I don't want to be biased here, but I think he could literally be the best rifler in the world if he was in his bot.
4: Yeah, if he was more he, comfortable. He do,
1: yeah, if he was more comfortable, like, because on, on Triumph, he had every role he wanted. He was with yeah. his, like, super close friends. So this guy literally, this guy was an aimbot. I watched him, I've seen him do things I don't think I'll ever see any player do again. It was, it's crazy to, it's, he's insane. Like, if Liquid could figure out a way to incorporate him with the Liege, then the Liquid would just, like, they're already, like, a top five, 10 team. They'd just skyrocket. Instantly,
2: yeah. I, I don't just, think I was just—I uh, don't think they've done like well enough to like incorporate him into, yeah. into the team yet.
3: I was gonna say that's just such a, such a shit spot to be in for Liquid because you're like, we could have this guy as one of the best rifles in the world, but then we have a leash. Like the, that's yeah. such a gamble to take to be like, let's unseat a leash from some of his best spots and put Grim in. So I can see yeah. why that would be a little rough. Yeah. If kinda... if Liquid didn't have a leash,
1: Grim would be like top five rifler
0: wow wow <laughs> I'm uh,
4: that's a bold claim
0: <laughs> okay yeah, but, but at the
2: moment grim is literally just playing i don't think it's i mean it is kind of bold but i don't think it's like that outlandish because at the moment grim literally is probably like at the bottom of like the totem pole in terms of like um the players in liquid in terms of like the resources and kind of like the spots they get yeah he's playing mostly like anchor spots like t-side i think he's kind of just feeling as well Like in his mind, he probably thinks like all these players are better than me, so I'm just trying to like make them more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I think as time goes on and as Liquid kind of evolves, kind of the way they're gonna have to go is like trying to to get Grimm more incorporated and like more like playing like a bigger role within the team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think people forget how good Grimm is just because he's playing the anchor and doing the bitch stuff on Liquid that no one wants to do. Mm -hmm. Because watching him play is like. He's the best aim. He's insane. Do you think he has better aim than Alish? It's it's weird because Alish has really good aim, but like Alish has like a is he's really smart and has like the best spray in the game. So like Alish's like brain gets him a lot of kills, but Grim's aim and like his ability to like one eighty flick, shroud aimbot, (laughs) three sixty people is insane.
4: Mm. Yeah,
2: unless elise like just gets like deleted in a round, I never see Ales lose like a gunfight. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like whenever he has, takes a gunfight that goes past like the initial bullet, like just, just always wins it.
0: Mm-hmm. Make the it's incredible.
1: If he, uh, yeah, if Ales hits the first dink, you die. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. And then Ales is on five ping, so you just lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's gonna be on five ping pretty soon. Hopefully, <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think playing with Furia in the I guess the online era hurt at all? Or do you think the problem, like, I mean, do you think if you played on LAN, it would have made any difference?
1: Yeah, I think so. Cause I was away from home for like five and a half months. Yeah. That's like the oboe effect, right. where oboe, oboe got it tired of it as well. And it's it's really hard for an American to go away from their home with different, like, a different culture for five months. Oh, yeah. But like, I think if it was LAN there would be like there would be some north america lands right so you'd yeah. come home and visit for yeah, It a happened
2: with floppy as well yeah it's, just, it's not even it's not even yeah. so much that like being able to go home but it's like you go to like europe or wherever you know you're stuck in another country and you're playing for like the, all these like just online events rather than like you know going to lands with like cool atmosphere people and, you know, yeah 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 being around people and playing for like events that like really really matter and like you desperately want to win like you still want to mm-hmm. win online obviously but it's never going to be the same mm-hmm. so it's like you're like stuck in like Europe at these like weird places playing like online events all day that are all just kind of feel the same rather than like traveling around, getting to go to like different events, experience yeah. like, new things, meet new people, stuff like that.
3: Oh my God, look at all these spoiled players. They get paid to play the <laughs> video game and yeah. they complain about where they're staying. <laughs> I know. It's actually one of the dumbest arguments, by the way.
2: During all... matches, yeah, we're just playing video games, like having fun,
0: you know, with the boys yeah just just kicking back on xbox live yeah uh i i feel like the only person that's that's kind of survived this oh no mix
3: you ruined everything he'll be back in 10 seconds yeah please
0: okay he'll be back okay (laughs) but but, i think the only person that's that's really survived it all has been, has been Rush, actually. Rush, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right? yes, what I was thinking. Yeah, his his role kind of makes sense for it, though, because he knows, like, in the macro what he's supposed to do all the time. Like, he's so good at just being the soldier, and he's not... I mean, you know, it's nice if he hits shots, but at the same time, Complexity's game plan is almost like Rush. If you don't get a kill, it's fine. Config will clean up.
4: Yeah. It. So, <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to worry
3: I mean. Out you say that but i was watching the little blast overtime segment that happened with config uh, uh, like two well. days ago or something yeah. and he was talking about how like rush was really de- like he felt that rush was really depressed actually depressed like, at some yeah, point, it's like that. because he was just sitting there alone in a hotel in denmark or something and he yeah. was like i can't wait until we get back to land because then he'll be able to be like a little more in his element right so right yeah i think the- yeah, yeah.
0: The only, I guess the other North American is Twist, but Twist at least gets to be living with his girlfriend. That's like a yeah, total yeah, different... Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, chose, and like he chose, chose it. Yeah, Twist like chose
2: it, like he wanted to live there. It's like different from like going like living in like a hotel and shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I think we'll kind of move away from the, the Q&A portion uh, of this one. And we'll get into Patreon questions before we get into kind of like recent tournament results and news. So the the first Patreon question, and these have been backed up for a while. So I, I think they're all still like timely enough. They're like broad enough questions. So the first one that was from Essential Worker. And he said, do you think Valve making the decisions to change VAC ban rules for going to their events is an indicator that they are going to start giving the esports scene more attention? So he's talking about how... Like, uh, what, Yampi, for example, and VSM got unbanned a while back. Uh, this question's probably a month ago or so. But and he said, getting rid of some lifetime bans is good, but for everyone else, like, map pool changes, they haven't quite come. Okay, wait, actually, Ancient did come, and the economy <laughs> still doesn't. So we kind of saw a little bit of this actually yeah. uh, move on from there. So basically, I, I, I guess for his question to be more timely, do we think that Valve is going to start getting more involved again? Because they've shown some signs. They've changed Ancient, they've removed some lifetime bans, uh, the major is happening in, S- in Stockholm pretty soon. Uh, what, what do you guys? What, what do you think?
3: Well, okay. So quickly, just just for clarification on the on the way they changed the ban rule, they basically said that if you'd played in a major qualifier event after you got uh, you got if you got vac banned after you played in a major qualifier event. So in essence, like if you were aware that there was a pro circuit, uh, and then you got a vac ban, then you're not eligible to play in any more like Valve events. But if you got VAC banned before you played in any major events, then you then you are still eligible. I think that's that's the essence of it.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Now, I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I think that was actually like that was directly in response to like some specific case of a player. I think like the reason they made this change was because there was some specific case that was brought up for like 11 year old player or something like that. Was it was it Yampy? Was it about Yampy or not? I don't think it was directly about Yampy. I I think think it was about another player. but I might be entirely misquoting that. Regardless, I don't think Valve's like really getting more involved overall. I think the ancient change was like long overdue, honestly. Like we needed a map pool change. The last one was like over two years ago. We needed to change like ago.
2: four maps a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep I you think interested.
3: The feeling I got is that Valve was waiting to have a major before they changed the map pool again. Because that was that that's just generally how they've always done it. Like there's been a major and then they changed the map like a month or two later. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously with it just getting pushed down mm-hmm. like pushed down the road over and over they they at some point just decided to pull the trigger um to me the fact that the deagle is still in the current state that it is with so many people talking about how like the two shot body shot is ridiculously OP right now is like the the fact that they haven't addressed that at all among like the other economy issues that are around with the second round t force buy like none of these seem to actually have been addressed by them yet And to me, that just shows that they haven't really made an effort quite yet. Like they've done some very, like some changes, but none of them are are really prompt at all.
1: Yeah. In my years of playing, I haven't been convinced enough to think that Valve will ever care about the Counter Strike esports scene.
0: Mm. Okay. Mix, you have any you have any more thoughts on it? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna (laughs) just kind of stay the same. I, I think the laissez-faire approach that Valve has is, is fine, actually, but I think that, I think we all at this point wanted a little bit more, and it just doesn't, it doesn't even have to be too much, uh, you know, just, just some kind of obvious rotation for a map pool, uh, a couple things, like, the unbanning was good, but, you know, the match fixing stuff from, I mean, mm-hmm. being, those, the iBuyPower guys being made an example in the way they are, like, eventually that felt forgivable, like, they've served their sentence, I would say, um, I just, I mean, I, I'm not trying to like, I'm not going to make an excuse for Valve necessarily, but I would rather it be a more hands-on approach than too hands hands-on. I don't really love, oh. like, the Riot. Kind of like
2: speaking the- of Valve, do you want some yeah. live news?
0: Oh, what, what just, something happened else down?
2: So, so this isn't Dota though, oh, but okay. so now, apparently <laughs> in regards to, no, 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 this is, this is very relevant to the major later this year. Um, because the international was supposed to be in Sweden, the international mm-hmm. ten, they were supposed to like qualify for like an elite, uh, elite sporting event, which is like how they get like the visas and stuff. And now Sweden has like denied that
0: oh.
4: to
2: like the international, so now they're having to like find somewhere else in Europe to hold the international because yeah. they can't do it in Stockholm, most likely, unless they reconsider. So that also has obviously major implications on oh, shit. the major later in the year. Oh my god! In terms of like if oh, they're gonna. No. <laughs> In terms of this, they're going to be able to host it somewhere, but they yeah. did say that like they feel confident they'll be able to like find somewhere else in Europe if they need to 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 host it. But you know, hope that's another thing oh my I'm God, sticking boy. on the oh,
3: no. <laughs> <So> Sweden Sweden <laughs> finally gets a major, and this is what happens. Come on, now.
2: <laughs> yeah. They apparently like Sweden had assured them that like they would qualify and they'd be fine, like they get all their visas and stuff, and then now yeah. suddenly Sweden's like, nah. Wow. Jk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. At least, kind of uh, speaking of Valve, because that was
0: a uh, that's kind of that's also very relevant to Counter Strike, obviously in terms of later in the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of funny that Valve to like to show some love for the esports scene did that thing where they released all the the rmr the top rmr stickers so like gen g <laughs> got a sticker even though they were out of the game oh but yeah that was that was funny i'm almost was so excited for that <laughs> like, <laughs> then, Shit, i got a sticker <laughs> 100 thieves gen G. uh i'm sure there was like another team or two but yeah that's uh we'll move on to the next patreon question so first sock says what kind of habits do you have <laughs> Jeez. Christ. What kind of yeah, habits what is question? do you have that every guy does? For like, in other words, someone scratching their balls and sniffing it. What you don't need to answer. I this. don't do that. So I was <laughs> not the example. If you don't want to answer this, but well, I, can anybody think of it? I don't
3: know. I was trying for
2: to for think you? of one, but like, I really can't. Like,
3: yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't get, really get it. Think of one. I don't know if it's the example that just threw me off and like <laughs> didn't want <laughs> me so. think
4: of another one. Now or I'm what?
2: like, now I'm like, I can't think of anything that I do that is like remotely related to that
0: that's bros being bros let's <laughs> uh i burp out you needed loud.
2: a better example for me to know what he's talking yeah, about for here.
0: Real. if i have to burp i'm gonna burp I'll, I'll say that's my bro being bro moment like i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna hold that in
2: I, i've been i've been thrown off
0: <laughs> yeah. i i don't i know that's just such a ridiculous one. First, off i think had a had a different question at first and he said you know what i don't want to ask the same question to buy the numbers and you guys so let me ask this crazy one but okay sorry we couldn't give you the the best answer for that one i guess <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Jiggly Puffing says, "Buyouts aside, what is the team you would make using the bench players and free agents right now?" Oh, okay, that's relevant. Do you think organizations that don't get a team soon will experience FOMO when the major does come around? Uh, so, for the first part of that question, what is the team you would make using bench players and free agents right now? We got we got one player right here. We got we got Junior. So, who else could we put on this on this? All right,
3: all. So this isn't this isn't a very up to date list, but this is just off a of quick Google search with an HLT can... forum post for you guys to look up. Can Some can of them with... are not free agents anymore.
0: Okay, so we got. I'll just I'll just name people on this list that I think are relevant. We got NBK. Uh, we've got. I, I guess well these players like the flusha team. I'm not including. Alright, I guess Esper. Okay, so well, Esperanto, Flusha, Sunny, MSL. That's that's pretty good. Um, you've got. I mean, he. Impl- I feel
2: like Alex is still out there. I'm not sure
0: Alex? what he's doing. Oh my god. Yeah, Alex is. Esetag's there. tag's there too. Yep. Uh,
2: tag is like your role player.
0: Yeah. Esetag. That's what I
2: wanted him to be. But... This is uh this. This list has a lot of people that have moved on at this. Point. Listen, you get Alex as your IGL. You get Esetag as, like, your OP Zipnix role player. Yes. And then you just gotta find an Oper and you gotta find two you Star Riflers. Easy
0: enough. Then you get Junior. Junior, junior can be do-good. You get NBK as your kind of, like, glue guy, veteran. No, rifler. that's what Esetag is. Well, I thought <laughs> Esetag's gonna be a Star Rifler.
2: No, he's he's like the Zipnix guy.
0: Okay. That's what he should be. Okay. That's his best role, okay? Okay, Trust well, me. okay, Mix, you gotta make your stand now. Do you want, <laughs> do you want Alex or do you want MSL?
2: Um, I'll say Alex just for recency. You worked with both. You worked with both of them. <laughs> okay. But I think, yeah. But I really like Alex's style.
0: Okay. Alex
2: over MSL, interesting.
0: I like Alex because he frags better. That's that's
4: my thing. <laughs> like, hey.
2: yeah, Alex is like he's one of those players. It's like similar to like how Vanity was. Like, there's always like these type of players. Like Golden's like kind of similar, except for recently where he's like really bad. <laughs> but like these players were like sometimes they have like insane mechanics and they're literally dropping like thirty-five kills on you in regulation. Yeah. And like they're literally hard carrying, and then they'll also have games where they're literally like they have like four kills. <laughs> they can't hit the side of like anything. Right, he lost his and hands. They're like twenty of the year. Lost yeah. his hands. Yeah. Man, so. Sometimes I he's think... carrying. Other times he loses his hands.
1: I think if Zeppa came back to CS, he could be. Oh. He could be like, if he was a star rifler on a, on like if, I'd say on Cloud Nine. Even if he was, I don't even know if he was like in the star role. But if he if but he still like performed super well and I I played with Zeppa as well and he's like he's like, yeah, really good he's insane yeah okay same with mm. same with Floppy I think Floppy was up there with Grim on the like the next like big NA rifler
4: mm-hmm. I was
2: yeah uh, we had like a lot of good pieces on that team and then they just they just didn't work for whatever reason wonder why. Wonder why? I
4: wonder why?
2: <laughs>
0: we've we've talked about it. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> shouts out to uh that at C nine Win guy who's making a ten part documentary or something about the yeah. death of the Cloud Nine roster. He's like going really <laughs> in depth with it. He said he's already got I think one part done. But oh shit,
4: he, nifty, nifty. Yeah, I know. I was gonna make
0: the joke. Nifty <laughs> <he laughs> wouldn't would make my <laughs> list, guys. Oh, I I probably put <laughs> Calix on a team right now though. I put Calix. Oh, Calix. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Calix was pretty good. Calix yeah, was like one of those players that like I was just scared to face when he was Na and Envy. Yeah. He just hit like every insane shot.
0: He was a shining spot on that that lineup. He was actually consistently putting up numbers. I thought he was better than Mihu actually. Yeah. Yeah, but we see who, which. I think one he's probably the been. best player on that team. I would agree. Yeah, I think Calix was the best player on it. Um, you could get ZTR as, as well. Just kidding. He's not. He's not benched or anything. He's just on the young ninjas now. <laughs> um, all remember right. jane
2: on heretics he was like farming when he was on heretics and then apparently his attitude was like really bad so he just got jane? cut and i've never heard g a j e y n he's a french player i don't know who that is no do you remember last year there was like a period where heretics made like top 20 and they were they literally like were dominating one of the rmr events or something but and this guy was like Navira. this guy was like supposed to be like the next big like french star and then like he got cut from heretics for his attitude issues and he just hasn't really been around since then
0: oh he pulled an infinite okay
2: yeah kind of pretty <laughs> much
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no,
0: um, okay Uh, I think we can move into news I, unless unless there's just like some random free agent that you guys are that we didn't hit I, I think we I think we covered most of them Uh, I, I mean in-
3: did you give a full roster
0: okay if we did a full ro- if I did a full roster I'll combine kind of what mix said and what I'd
2: actually kind of like to see like Kenny s with Alex that's kind of like a
4: Kenny S.
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. like a small team. I think Kenny S. with Alex would be pretty good. Okay. See if he can come back to form. <laughs> yeah, the French Connection. We'll
0: yeah, see. We'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. He's he's doing a lot on on the streams nowadays. On stream, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty. into that actually, and he's getting good good viewership as well, which you would expect. I would say. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We didn't mention cold. So there's there's oh some, yeah true. there's cold zero. Uh okay, let's let's move let's move on to news though. Let's move on to news. Let's talk about some recent results. So, we've got the Blast Spring Finals just finished and Gambit took it over NaVi. Gambit only lost a single map in that entire tournament. They lost Ancient to NaVi actually, and Simple had a really good performance there to take him down on that one map. And I made a YouTube video about that on this channel. But going back to the tournament and what you guys thought about it. Junior, any any takes about the blast fall finals? Did any did any team or the spring finals? Did any team surprise you at the spring finals?
1: Um hold on, I gotta look at the event.
0: I don't it think pretty, any like, team Yeah, it was pretty cut me. and dry. It for actually the most part. almost fell exactly as their HLTV rankings were. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I yeah.
1: I think it went much as expected, Navi Gambit, like battling. Yeah. Gambit. Like I think people expected Navi to win since they could yeah. Gambit struggled to beat them, but Gambit just showed why they're the best team in the world again, yeah, I kind
2: of wanted big to have like another good performance after they started off beating G two, but they kind of fell just kind of flat after that. They didn't really do anything, yeah, they... complexity also just kind of ended up where I would kind of expect them to
4: mm-hmm.
3: I do like what yeah. what what I'm seeing out of g two like they're looking better yeah, over G2. over the course of time, yeah, yeah. I think Almanek's coming good into the op role really well. Yeah.
1: What do you What do you think of Almanek as an opera I think Almanek. I, I I think Nico should not be opping. That's for sure. Nico's the best, one of the best rosters in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think if Almanek can get the op down, that that team is pretty like is like real pretty set because they have Jax as an entry who like he's sick. Aims like yeah, and then they have Hunter obviously, and then Nico. So like you can't, and then next I think is like one of the best fragging. IGLs. Yeah, next had
2: an insane game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Against the uh, Navi, mm-hmm.
1: I think that lineup's pretty complete. If Omnik has a little more time opping,
0: I think they'll be re- super, super, super good. Would you? Okay, so Hampus on the HLTV confirmed podcast said that that he said that Omnik is the best player on G two. Can you agree with that statement?
2: No.
1: What
0: I I I can see what he's saying, but like
1: he's saying he's like important. think people important?
2: yeah i think like... people also like they get like kind of caught up sometimes in terms of like yeah, yeah i feel like it's pretty clear that like nico is the best player but yeah, like because I it's like so. the general consensus right. and because like omni is probably a bit like underrated you kind of like go a bit past that and you say actually omni is like the best player on g2 yeah which i mean maybe i've done myself before when i said config was like the best player on complexity but you know
0: when you didn't include Zaiwu on your on your like top five player list or whatever, dude, that's not that did. wasn't even the doing. The Montu over Zyw thing you said before,
2: yeah, yeah. I never said Montu was better than Zywu. <laughs> I just said I just said okay, I'm gonna do something without Zaiwu. Okay, see how it goes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, yeah, I, I think I think that was. That was like a, a statement to stir the pot, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what really yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, for for you and Hampus, both of you guys, just saying things like that. I think. Um, I'm, okay, actually, something. I mean, it's related. It up. Is, is instead of instead of talking about the teams, Junior, what, what have you thought about Ancient Blast? Was a tournament where we saw it a handful of times? We saw it at IEM Summer too. What are your What are your thoughts on the map? I think it's pretty good, actually. There's a lot of, it's like super fresh and it's not like Vertigo where it's an A
1: simulator retake spam through smoke. Yeah. But I think if once Valve, I think they will do it since they do it to every map they add. They need to like remove some super like OP spots, some that give the T's more chance to play the game. There's like a lot of, I know on B site, there's like a whole, there's like four hallways with you need to clear every single corner there. Mm -hmm. and then they need to like remove a lot of the unnecessary like corners and stuff
0: yeah i okay i think the one spot that has been multi like everybody multi-frags like crazy from is i call it pocket it's on b and it's like if you come out of cave Mm -hmm. it's to your right and if you come up the Mm -hmm. ramp it's Mm -hmm. to your left like that area like you have to molly if you don't molly it that guy just gets two kills every single time. Cause he can play off of every angle in the bomb site incredibly well. And for them to peek out a cave, they have to left eye peek him. And for them to come out a ramp, like they basically have to expose themselves to like ten different things before they can finally clear that.
3: I think Yeah, because that... it's such a deep angle that you have yeah. to swing so wide.
0: Yeah, that spot is way too I think that should be a slant or something. I don't think it should be like that deep pocket. If it were a slant yeah. instead, I think it could be a lot better. I think that's how that's how Valorant changed a couple of of maps into certain spots to make them less strong, and I think that's really necessary. Un- unless they want to change B entirely, I think that that would be that would be a, a spot I would like to see change, Junior. Are there any other spots that?
1: What like, I've known playing the map is that if I'm opping A, and the team is coming out of like the A's cemetery thing from T side, from like the little like
0: the the A main like f-
1: from or? their spawn, yeah. Okay. And then they come into the A site. As an op player, I'm literally I have so many right eye peaks yeah. that I can peek into and then also fall back into. And it's it's super broken. There's there's no way anybody will like there's no way a flash can get you. There's no way a Molly can get you. The only hope is that you miss.
0: Even if they do, you just back up to the next spot. Y-
1: yeah. Yeah. There's too many like op fallback spots on an A site. Yeah. In
3: the like two or three ancient matches that I've watched, like any sort of Pure a long rush like that has just never worked out if no, the other team yeah. has an op. Like never. I've only ever seen a splits work out. Yeah, yeah. You have
0: you have to get other control to take a. But yeah, it's so desperate looking because the thing is that also like once you get on a, the plant spots aren't very good either. So oh yeah, it's true. In, you just where do
3: you go? Yeah. Like I, I think Navi. There's can... no way to play a post plant on a site. No, yeah. unless you like push them. To be honest, the plant spots on both ma- on both bomb sites are pretty dog shit on ancient. Like B least, around that tiny pillar is not great either.
0: Yeah, at least you get the pillar at B. Uh, but, yeah, but at A, you're just you're shit out of luck a couple of boxes. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, for my own selfish reasons, Junior, I made this video about uh, how I think the bomb sites should be switched names because I feel like B plays like an A and A plays like a B. What is mm-hmm. you would you would you think it makes sense just off the bat?
1: Yeah, I can agree with that based off the current. Current maps because yeah. B players don't really get any action. Yeah, but and yeah. on ancient, it's B every time, like Mirage A.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. We got. We got
1: a now,
3: uh, Maui Snake's ego swelled just slightly <laughs> larger. Got <a> t- confirmation <laughs> there.
0: We got a confirmation there. Yeah. Um. I don't know if they'll do it, but I, I hope they do. Honestly, because it just doesn't fe- just doesn't feel right. It Doesn't feel right. Yeah. Uh. I. I guess.
4: Mm,
0: let's see. I mean, with with ancient, you said it's not like vertigo i'm sure the the public would like to hear your opinion on like where on your map ranking tier list would you put vertigo um i That's think it would be sixth right now
1: next to dust 2 because i think dust two is the word map more snap in the pool
4: mm. not
1: because i play on Furia, but because mm. it's just horrible <laughs> i think it'd be dust two and then vertigo right after it agreed yeah yep. fucking hate vertigo it, it just vertigos yeah, I think maybe Vertigo as a rifler is fun, but as an opera, it's just like a snooze fest. I don't
2: know. I just hate like, like every aspect of it. Like none of it is fun to me. Like A yeah. control, like, I don't know. I just don't like any of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. The coolest
1: thing, the only the fun last. part is like a run
0: boost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The coolest thing ever was was Furia doing the triple boost. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually Yeah, the, the exactly. Ivy. Mm-hmm. That was literally oh, the most fun thing I've ever seen on that map. I
1: don't, I, um, we have, they we made another boost. I don't think we've oh. used it yet, but <laughs> oh, we made oh, another boost. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I don't know who found it, but we have another one.
0: Yeah.
3: Furia manager, delete this, please. I'm actually
0: not <laughs> even going to ask you about it because I don't want you to, like, Fury's gonna bust that out at some point during a big tournament, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's.
1: I think. Wait. We have used it actually. Oh. Yeah, we used it. We used it. In we used official? it against Gambit. Yeah, we used it against Gambit. Okay. It's like a quicker way to get on top of the A. The A thing. The, the original boost, but it's like a two-man way faster boost.
3: Oh yeah yeah I,
1: I think yeah, I remember yeah, seeing we, it, we you get it. on
3: top of one of the pylons or something right? Good. Yeah,
1: we used it and then. Like, if you're in, if you're a T and T spawn, you can hear the players jumping on the on each other's head. And Gambit cleared us whenever we were doing it because we wow. like missed the jump once. Yeah. Easiest.
0: Okay. Um, so we have used it. Let's let's um, I oh, okay. Well, I'll bring it back to blast just for a little bit here. Uh, we we talked about G two briefly. Unless Mix, do you have anything you want to say about about G two? We didn't get really your thoughts on them.
4: Uh,
2: no, I'm good.
0: Okay, okay. Um, we haven't we didn't really talk about Navi too much actually, and Navi came in second place. They've been doing pretty well lately. I mean, they've been doing damn well, honestly. They're top. They're pretty much a lock for top four, if not even top two of every tournament they play in. It feels like. So, what what are you what are you what are you liking about about Navi Junior?
1: I like bit. I think bit is like a good yeah. good third man to Electronic and Simple. Mm-hmm. I think if Simple and Electronic are on a team, they shouldn't. Like bomb out of a tournament or leave top five. Yeah. So I think Bit is like a good fresh blood for them because he is also like he has like a 67% headshot percentage right now. And it's That's 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 insane. Yeah. I think he's he's as, as more he plays more. I think Navi will
3: only get better.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, liked-
3: I think that change was like long overdue for them to swap yeah. out Flamey for Bit permanently.
0: I like how they kind of framed it as if it was a six man thing. And then they were like, I think that was their way. That had to be their way of just saying we're going to integrate bit, but we got to feel him out for a couple of games first. And then once they did, he looked better on Inferno immediately than Flamey did. And I'd say for pretty much every other map, I think that he's superior at this point. I think his decision making is actually quite good, where I feel like Flamey's was a lot it's almost like it's almost like uh, Flamie just kept going through the motions over and over again on every bomb site that I watched him on. But Bit I've seen be he's a little bit more versatile, and sometimes he'll even like take just enough initiative to find a pick and fall off. Like he can be a little sneaky too. Like he can be a little bit like he kind of seems annoying to play against in certain situations, whereas flamey like fought to the death so much like er- he was so frequently like if flamey it was really with flamey he either kills four of them or gets traded yeah, yeah ramp yeah yeah exactly <laughs> So that, that, that was just too frequent with him so bit just seems like a more like he's a more modern player where like i think i think older players it just feels like this is where i make my last stand and die with bit it's kind of like <laughs> more a little more hit and run which is which is yeah.
3: nice yeah he, he also like He's pretty good at refragging whenever I've watched him just because he like if he swings out and he knows where someone is like he's coming in with that instant headshot like it's mm-hmm. actually kind of scary sometimes to watch because they've replayed from the other person's poV sometimes and he just like you- you're dead the second he peeks out just instantly mm-hmm. at yeah, dead
0: yeah I think the also to to Navi's credit like I think we all see the rounds occasionally where it's just Navi runs out of time, they make this just really mm-hmm. bad mid round or something and it just it's just like they they lose like but G2 do the same thing and everybody right now is praising G2 for their T sides, but I've seen them run out of time more times than I've seen Navi run out of time in the last uh tournament. So I I think that it's it's kind of like there's a bias there. But it just the thing is with Navi, we just we just all feel like they're so close to being the best team. So if they just iron out those few kinks, they would be. Uh, and it's almost—it's not unfair because we're fans or analysts or even you know players and everybody says it that novice T sides could be a little bit better. But I don't think they're not—they're not good, but they're not—they're not like abhorrent. They're not like the worst thing in the world that I've ever seen. Um, do you guys think? Do you guys think Boomich is a, a legit IGL, or do you think that it's still? Too much blade.
2: I feel like it's. Still I too heard much blade and probably too much yeah. simple as well.
1: Yeah, I heard blade. He did an interview after one of the matches, and he said, "There's times where bit doesn't react as fast as players like simple and electronic do." Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. heard that too. That yeah it might come into a factor. But I've also I'm also impressed to see Navi winning without simple being the simple show. That's like something cool to see because every time. You watch Navi, you expect Simple to go like plus 30, 1.5 rating.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point, and I think I think you bring a bit to begin with is is probably a reason why they can do that now because Bit yeah. is a consistent contributor. Uh, Perfecto is only kind of seems like he's he's only gotten just steadily better. He's definitely like he's definitely not a liability on that team. Um, Boomich is is kind of for me the biggest liability. We're like he just he just wants info all the time, uh, and and that's kind of that seems kind of art esque. You know he he just he just always thinks that it, even though we're in a four v four v two five v three, I I want to make sure we have more info. And so in theory some of it makes sense, but it it does feel to me that anytime they're in a man up situation, the first guy that's gonna die is gonna be Boomich, and that's. But it's almost just like it happens so much that I I uh, have to be a little results oriented and think that okay you're dying a little bit too frequently and not safely enough. But they still are making top two at tournaments very regularly.
4: Mm. It mm. I think like it was you're... about.
1: I think it was about time that Simple got like. I mean I don't think it's time yet, but I think if Simple is as long as Simple is playing Counter Strike at the level he is. I think he should be winning or like coming second in almost every tournament he plays, because he's just like, I think even this year has shown even more that he's like a step ahead of every single player. I think especially ZywOo, but Zywu is still you know ZywOo.
0: Yeah. I think
1: Simple is just like too good to be not winning every tournament.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He is okay. So so you're on record saying that Simple's better than ZywOo.
1: Yes, that is that is me putting that in, into record. <laughs> Simple should be number one four years in a row. I I actually. Oh my I
0: think I I think I totally. Do I agree about twenty nineteen? Uh... Not
1: Zaiwu's rookie year, but I was being yeah, a little okay. exaggerated. But Zaiwu's rookie year was insane.
0: I think I think three out of the four years I think Simple would have been should be number yeah. one. Yeah. I think 2019 yep. there's a there's definitely a case for Zywy there, but but last year I thought Simple was better actually. Yeah, I mean
3: I I did as well.
0: And this year for sure so far he's been yeah better. yeah yeah no question. I mean
3: Blast was the first tournament this year that Simple dropped below a 1.30 rating. Yeah. <laughs> like event rating. <laughs> what the hell? And it was still a 1.21 rating. <laughs> <laughs> God,
0: <laughs> it's but just absurd. This most recent Blast.
3: Yeah, yeah. This recent loss, he was at like a one point two one, I think. But oh, every yeah. other event this year, he's been at like a one point three plus.
0: Oh my god! Okay,
3: I remember playing simple when he had
1: every single game. He had like a one point five rating. <laughs> we played, we played them twice, and simple like <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It's never seen before. Yeah. Like he doesn't, you'll never see anything like it.
0: I don't. I don't know if if we'll ever see, like to find someone with this much just like willpower and work ethic and talent like it's just the perfect storm of everything in in Mm -hmm. as a player so i think thankfully i mean judging by the viewership people are appreciating it like people are watching navi more than any other team right now so it's uh it's 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 good to see that uh i kind of want to talk about uh another team that was at blast and i kind of thought about them because of the stats here is actually complexity config had the best rating at blast and do you guys like i'd say complexity have been kind of up and down i feel like they're almost always going to be you know a fifth to sixth place kind of team at these kind at these bigger tournaments but do you think that they're closer do you think that do you guys think that complexity is closer to moving to a top three in the world spot or closer to moving down to like 10th place in the world
2: I think they're close to you know, moving down to like tenth place. Mm. Uh, just kind of in my opinion. I mean,
3: they're number fourteen
0: cause... right now. Oh, so... okay. Okay, well, oh, okay. That's yeah. they are pretty low. Actually, they're pretty low on that. But like, do you think?
3: Sorry, thirteen now.
0: Okay, then, 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 then that kind of like gets that out. Okay, how about this? How about more, more so in line with like a tournament result? Then, do you think that they're more likely to come top three? At a tier one event, or more likely to bomb out in groups.
2: Jesus, that's like
1: oh, that is I th- hard. I th- that's weird because I think complexity can beat any team, mm-hmm. but they can also like get sixteen would by any team. Yeah, I think it's they're yeah. like too inconsistent. I would say, but they're but when they but when they show up in the server, they're like, wow, these guys are these guys are impressive.
2: Yeah, the problem is they have like two solid stars in Blame Up and Config. But also, the thing about Blame F is, is that I don't think he's really, like, an amazing IGL or anything. Like, he definitely is, like, a good IGL, but, like, he's not, like, within the same tier as, like, some of, like, the top guys in the world Even know he's good fragging, and, like, no one else, like, complexity has really stepped up. Like, it's not really Rush's job to do so much, right. but, like, JKS, Hovering, are, like, kind of just, like, a yeah. solid, like, one. Poison yeah. also just kind of, like, around there as Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, not again. Okay, wait. Mix. Alright, number two. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you're there saying that JKS is at a solid one and then you cut out.
2: Yeah, poison's like at the same thing. So it's like neither of those two are like consistently stepping up whether mm-hmm. they feel confident or whatever. I mean at this point I'm kinda questioning like where poison fits into like their plans long term. Cause I feel like he's been kinda hovering around the same level for like over a year now. Um, hasn't really stepped up much. And there's so many like offers available in the world it feels like. That it's like how much longer do you kind of spend like having like kind of an operator kind of like, covering around here
4: mm-hmm. um, I think it's yeah
2: especially when you need someone else like to consistently step up if JKS hasn't been able to do it yet within the team
1: I, I think, think it's, it's good because... to see JKS playing a lot better recently because yeah. when he first got in Cole he was like he was like not even in the server he was But in, like yeah, JKS yeah. yeah yeah JKS is I think is one of the best players in the world when he was on the 100 Thieves and Renegades yeah but recently, he's been. It's been like a d- super, super cool to see him like doing JKS things again.
0: He he still has he still has flashes. Uh, the most like the NIP two v four he won with Blame, where he killed three of them from Palace. Uh, was crazy. Like then that reminded you of how good he can be. And I think he had some round on Nuke recently too, where he just like just kind of killed everybody at the lower. Uh, on on the b-bomb side of blast i forgot i forgot who that one was against but th- there is there are moments where you see it but it just like it just feels like he doesn't get that same kind of setup anymore like getting mm-hmm. into those positions like when i i think jks is probably best in the late round and i think that he's not alive as much in the late round as someone like blame f is and i think they both kind mm-hmm. of unfortunately And clash
1: with each other. Yeah,
0: Yeah, they occupy the closer role. They both kind of have the same spot.
1: And then you have an opera as well, who should be in the closing rounds as
3: well, so there's too much late round happening. I mean, uh, on one note, though, is that I think that when Complexity hit land, they're going to be a lot better, and especially JKS will, because I think Extremum were or, I guess, 100 Thieves slash Renegades at the time, were one of those teams that actually had played barely any online events either Hmm. uh, before we went online with COVID, I think it was like Navi and and that Hundred Thieves core that had barely played any online events in the two years prior or something like that. So like JKS's insane form was primarily online as well. So I think when we get back to that, there's a good chance that we see them sort of elevate as well. Uh just on the note of of their offer, though, like there is this this opera called Junior who like, you know, <laughs> put pretty well on that Blamehouse system. I was watching, uh, I was watching Blamehouse interview in the, in the Blast Overtime as well. And he like, it's actually kind of funny because he said basically the same thing uh, in that they let like Poison call his spots. Like every round, if he wants to do something, everybody else supports him in that sense. So to me, that's like really similar to what you were talking about earlier as well anyway. So, I, mean, I think
1: that should be an op role and i think that should be like a given op thing
3: because you have the most expensive
1: broken gun yeah but that, i think that's why like i struggled inferior because you don't play around the op most teams do that's mm-hmm. why that's what i was used to yeah.
0: yeah that does sound that does sound pretty pretty unique i think i almost feel like zywoo doesn't call his plays all the time though i feel like when you watch vitality he gets just stuck in place like I'm sure maybe his mid mid round kind of rotations, but it kind of does. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like he's so competent in every spot that Vitality feel comfortable putting him wherever mm-hmm. they want to round by round. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's a mix of both, but I, I feel like if I had to pick a top team that is not doesn't have as much of an independent operate, like you, I would think Zywy would call for so many more aggressive plays than he does. Is is kind of why I'm saying this. He feels like so many rounds he just like starts pretty far back. Like not saying he starts at like ticket booth. To start the round, always, but it's almost like window to ticket booth, just the most standard rotation ever. And so mm-hmm. like you would think that they would try to maybe force his gun uh, a little bit more, but it doesn't. It doesn't happen as much as you'd think. So uh, other teams, other you, okay.
3: Um, I was gonna say, did you catch either of the EG games?
0: Uh yeah, I I, I did. But did you, Junior did you see them? Of course. Okay. Uh, what do you? I always
2: gotta watch the oboe
0: yeah. Yeah, I always watch out though. <laughs> okay, okay. Junior, what is your oh, bro. let's let's get into let's get into EG in general, and then we we can actually even talk about the, the DAPS edition. Uh so so what did you guys think though of kind of the recent EG? Because it was basically like uh they were bad, quite bad, I would say, for the last couple few months, and then IEM Summer hit And well, they they bombed out of CS Summit, then IEM Summer came, and everybody thought they were gonna come in just dead last place and then they actually beat heroic and that was just like a shock to everybody's system and they actually made it to the playoffs and that was just like okay wait they beat who did they beat in bo b01 they beat someone in bo b01 opener uh right and then they beat then they uh, beat heroic and then they, then spirit, yeah, they, beat, they beat spirit spirit, spirit, spirit. Beat spirit right okay beat
2: spirit then they beat heroic then they beat uh and they, lost, uh, the server, then OG, they yeah. lost yeah yeah they lost the og and lost the gambit
0: okay I mean, no shame in losing a gambit uh, at all. So that's that's a, that's the way you want to end most of your yeah. Tournament. The two finalists yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So what have you guys? What have you guys thought? They kind what of guys...
2: got stomped by OG. which is kind of disappointing. Uh, yeah. So like to me, like, they're definitely playing a lot better now. So, I mean, they're still not like back at like peak. Like you know, I don't think they're anywhere close back to like peak form. They're like more like kind of like around the area where they should be, but like I still don't think they're like a threat to win tournaments. Like, um you know i don't think they're like back at like that stage at all yet but they definitely were like a lot better in terms of like they're a threat to win like any match with like the talent that they have it still feels like bree isn't like really fully all there but like me mm-hmm. has been doing pretty good at, like getting integrated into the team oboe is just like a beast all the time and it's always nice to see him like playing well and fragging and stuff like that so
1: yeah, true. So um, you'd expect the the new players to struggle more than like the veteran players on the team, but I think recently the veterans player, v- veteran players are struggling. Like Cirque and Breeze, instead of Oboe and Mihu.
0: Oh, Stan is really struggling yeah. too. Like just as yeah, a- Stan's, yeah. Stan's
4: been hard on the struggle, bus.
0: Yeah, I think Cirque has, has actually uh, righted the ship a little bit. Like he's not, he's not 2018 Cirque or anything, but he's still, uh, he's still pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. Like he's, he's definitely like, I would say he's like definitely still. A world class player, good. Whereas mm-hmm. Breeze right now, if if I just took the nameplates off and I was like, who is this guy, and I just started looking at, it, I'd be like, I don't know if this guy should be on this team, and it hurts because I thought, I mean, Breeze was so good in 2019. So even 2020, he was d- pretty decent actually, even on the online era. Like he wasn't, I like I didn't, I never loved it, but I think he actually didn't he come in 20th or something like 20th yeah, he 20th. Did. Yeah. yeah yeah so so yeah. he was still outputting even when it was kind of the beginning of the online era and i mean like t- for for 3 years of 2018 19 and 20 to just kind of suddenly vanish what 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 do you think junior is is causing that
1: i don't i don't know maybe i think i do re- i do know when i watch their matches he's not playing the same role he used to he used to be like on T sides, at least, like I see him entering a lot on T sides. He yeah. didn't used to do that because Tarek would do that.
4: Mm, Tarek yeah. and
1: Ethan. Now he's. I see him like running in and getting opt a lot. So not really like much he can do.
4: Right. But I
1: think when you have a player like Breeze, he's he has to be like, like the trader, like the like the
0: refragger, yeah, the
1: refragger, yeah, yeah.
0: He did mention, Jesus, um, I think it was on the IEM summer interviews. Uh, after one of their games he actually mentioned his roles changed and I looked mm-hmm. I looked at his seat C- I actually uh kind of just briefly looked at his CT side spots and not many of them actually changed too much yeah but the t the side thing is, dead. Is, is, is where he doesn't have Tarek to bait anymore and Tarek mm-hmm. uh looked kind of ridiculous the way that he would create space like he like Tarek legitimately sometimes looked it looked dumb the way he would entry but it would make space for breeze so or at breeze, the end of the day yeah. you're okay with that it doesn't matter if you look like a dumb entry fragger when
2: yeah you want to see like all right i'm just gonna jump up my knife out exactly and you can just trade me he <laughs> yeah. literally
0: jump in out of balcony like on inferno and backwards air... out of, out of yeah. yeah backwards yeah. out of,
3: like air strafing clearing like small <laughs> breeze 3ks right, yeah yeah. we had <laughs> yeah. like on c9 i don't know if we got it
2: from tarot like we had a we called it the floppy pathing. Path where like usually people when they jump out will, like kind of like go straight to the left and like go out lane, you know, like yeah. where Hay is. Yeah. And then we had like the floppy pathing path where he jumps like right into small pit. Yes, yeah, so you can. Like, he's like the first person. Yeah. Yeah. A he does a like pit. the strafe in the small pit. Yeah.
0: You called it floppy, but it was Tarek that did it, or something. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know,
2: but I've, I don't know where we got it from, but we called it like the floppy pathing.
0: Path yeah. Yeah. Tarek would do stuff like that. So not having that kind of space creator debate is gonna hurt. I, I one thing I said also on um.
3: Well, qu- quickly, before we, we go off of that, I think Stan said in the interview that he did with HLTV, like they can't even run that same play anymore because or at least they have to have like someone like Breezy doing it because uh, me, whose sensitivity is so low that he can't even do the like 180 like Tyric used to do. So like it's not even possible on his current setup.
0: Isn't isn't it legitimately like 500? the point eight at 400. yeah it's like 0.8
3: 400. That's yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can't, actually can't imagine playing like that. That's that's half yeah. of my sensitivity, or it's less than half of my sense. Like I, and I already feel like I struggle with one eighties at roughly eight eight hundred at point nine. That's roughly what I'm playing at. Like, mm-hmm. but it's
4: dude, ha, I
1: can't I, even imagine. Yeah.
0: I get it's so man. That's crazy. I I, I it's so okay. One thing I want to say about Mihu really quick is I keep seeing this guy on CT side like just swing like so so much on C- like does anybody else see this like does anybody else notice that Mihu at stairs just want anytime he knows they're coming out A on Mirage that dude will swing stairs every single time like as far as humanly possible and it makes me really frustrated because like there's a case for it some like it's almost like the distance he swings is what kind of ticks me off the most, where it's like, he swings so... <laughs> like, some some really good con players can swing just wide enough so they take, like, a 1v1, you know? But Mihu mm-hmm. swings so often into, like... And then three people can see him at once, and I'm like, you just need to swing a little tighter or wait for a flash. If you're gonna do the wide swing, flash. If you're gonna do, like, a Yeah, just, flash, like, little pet
2: peeves or like, people will like... Yeah. They'll just wide swing in the like card commit. Another thing that players always fucking do is they will spam a smoke for, like, 30 seconds. Oh. Like I thinking they're like invincible behind it. Yeah. And then look at spammed are like dude, I got spammed. And I'm like, as they're like tracers, they're just
0: going straight through the smoke <laughs> for like fifteen seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why Nico switches to the A1S and Hunter 2. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's coming back, I'm telling you. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm yeah they switch because
2: just they just, just want to spam the smoke, so mm-hmm. yeah. I'm fine with it.
0: Um Okay, well, let's get into let's get into the fact that EG has some uh some cool news is that they just announced today that Daps is going to be their their new head coach. Actually, by the time this is interviewed it's tomorrow, but I mean by by the time it's uploaded, but but uh Daps coming back from Valorant. So we're finally seeing like a tier I'd say tier 1 player moving to Valorant and then moving back to CS, even though not in a player role, but what do you what do you guys make of this? Junior, do you think this is going to be a, do you how many do you think that, that more players are going to switch back to CS?
1: I think as Valorant is more played and CS lands come back, there will see more players. I don't know if we'll see like the tier 1 players like Nitro Ethan like that. I don't, right. I don't know if we'll see many of the really good tier 1 players come back, but we might see some like that some okay tier 2 players, maybe some tier 1s, but I don't think Because they already made their name in Valorant, yeah. So I don't see them a reason to come back to Counter Strike.
0: That's true.
2: Yeah, I think some will like come back to like play. Like they probably don't even think they'll come back to like a pro level or anything. Yeah, uh, there'll be like some names that like kind of come back over, but like I think for the most part, most people will stay there. We'll also just kind of see like how it develops um, over like the next year or two, as like maybe more natural Valorant players come up and stuff like that. There'll be like some that I think definitely come back, just even like play like an MDL level or something, um, just to like keep competing or something. I don't know if any of them will come back and like, you know, join like a, also this ones like what the orgs, the orgs, what orgs in the NA there are, right? Uh, in a few months or so. So yeah, that's what kind and of team
3: age also plays a factor, right? Like Daps is, I think like yeah. 27. 27 or yeah. yeah. And so it's like, if you wanted to, if you want to hang up his mouth in that sense, like he could coach Valorant or he could coach CS and it's yeah. like, he'd rather coach CS, right? Like that, that also plays a factor in some of the decisions these these players are going to make whether they come back from Valorant or not. So I think a lot of the people in NA were like relatively young that switched. Um, not all of them, obviously, like there's the CLG crew, the old CLG crew, et cetera. But like there's a lot of room for some of these players to still like make a decision two years down the road if they if they decide to come back. Either. Yeah,
2: like in terms of like. I guess I was going to say going back to like EG. Yeah, like yeah, in terms yeah. of like the fit between like Stan and Daps. I don't know, it's still weird to me, like Daps being like the coach. I'm not sure, like, how he'll do as a coach in terms of, like, how his personality fits it and stuff like that. Um, Because he does have, like, a really good mind for, like, CS and, you know, like, a really good mind for calling and at times he can be, like, a really, really good caller. Mm -hmm. But also at other times he's kind of, like, very stubborn. Um, I'm pretty sure from what I know. Mm -hmm. So, like, and that's also just something that's, like, really naturally hard to get away from when you're, like, playing in the game and you're, like, getting frustrated or, like, things that other teams are doing and stuff. You know, you're not playing on land or you're not enjoying the game. Um, so we'll kind of see how he kind of treats it as a coach. Um see like kind of like how his personality transfers and kind of how he how he like how how he handles the position and like how he handles like working with Stan and working with the players and like, you know, what vision he has in terms of like his own coaching role what he wants from the team.
3: I mean We're I pretty just interested think to see what he does. I just think it's very smart from EG to get uh, Daps as their coach, so that they can uh, transition Stanislaw to EG's coach and replace Daps inevitably once again.
4: <laughs>
3: I don't know. I think Daps is going for the uh,
2: the payback or or revenge. <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> guys... It would just
2: be the most alpha move I've ever seen. If in like six months or something, Daps is like, "Yeah, today I'm benching Stan, and I'm gonna fill in <laughs> for a few events." <laughs> like it would just. It would just be so funny. Like I just want it to happen. Like not for like any reason. I wasn't just like I think it would. It would just Other make you laugh. The,
0: the hilarity. Yeah. How, like just
2: seeing just seeing Dabs with like, like a big ass smile on his face, playing on stage somewhere. Like <laughs> at a land. <land-like laughs> <thing.
0: laughs> that would be that would be actually just so insane. That actually just that's something that's. Like a an, an I'm sure there's an HLTV thread about that, or or maybe a Reddit chain of comments. Yeah. it's just like I just has, has been like, I,
2: I'm just imagining Daps with like a big grin on his face, sitting in the center of like of all the players on land or something. I'm right after guys. the news has been announced, yeah.
0: <laughs> Junior, did you ever face off against Daps? On, Daps, yeah, on uh, Gen G when when he yeah was, yeah. So so what did you think about kind of the style that they played back then?
1: It, it was. Um, Shake Sula. Whenever we played, he he like dug it into our brain that we could never over rotate because we played nuke against them, in in blast I think in the NA blast, and mm. that's this is when we came back in one nuke. We were down like thirteen six or something like that. Yeah. And then Shake calls like, just hold your spot until the round's over, cause like cause they would go down secret like take lower control then then we're all lower and then they just go back with the vent with an upper lurk. Yeah,
4: like they
1: they have like they do like the 131 one really well with their lurkers like play off a lot of info and get a lot of info instead of like being like a, like an afk lurk.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that playstyle was really it was it's really difficult to play against cuz you can't like you can't you got to hold your nerve to like not move and that's really hard to do.
4: Yeah.
1: And I think Dabs is really good at like he's building teams and making them compete yeah so I'm I'm interested to see if how he can like if he can bring beat breeze like back to breeze form oh If that's possible
4: yeah
2: I think he's really good yeah like adding like structure and making like the team kind of like make sense in terms of like it's operating at the same time something that like I felt maybe he was a little less good at at least at the time like I don't know how it might have changed them during Genji over like the online era and how much work they were putting in but, like, for me, like, when I was on the C9 team and we played Genshi, we were, like, like five and two against them in bo 3 series. Mm-hmm. And, like, a large large part of that, I think, was that, especially for, like, me, Johnny, whoever, was, like, watching the demos, they were pretty easy for us to read and, like, understand how they play. And we had, like, a lot of tells on, like, how they would play. Mm-hmm. You know, just even, like, small things where, like, we would know, like, on train, like, um, um, Against Genji, like on their CT side train, we knew that like if Dap smoked right away because of Inner Pressure, Automatic was going to come back and they were going to play 2-1-B. If Dap's like backed up and then smoked it from like farther back off the ramp, you could kind of tell which smoke it was. You would know that he's just playing retake on train. So they kind of like, they kind of like very set ways of like doing things that he didn't really change up much. So it made it like pretty easy for us to read. And there's like certain things in his calling. Um, so maybe this will be different with Stan, because I think Stan generally does a good job of like changing things up. But, like, just in terms of, like, his calling, there was, like, certain patterns that he really stuck to. Um, I think just kind of, like, naturally in his head, things that, like, made sense in terms of, like, how he would react to things. Like, there was, like, one cell I had on their train-tea side where it was, like, whenever... I think Kusta and Bentet were, like, their upper defaulters, right? So they took, like, inner on train. They took upper. And, like, whenever they would, like, molly upper at the start to take it, they would, like, never end inner after that. And so I figured that was, like, maybe just, like, a rule or something they were trying to do to, like, you know make it harder to read them or something but then like i remember when i told elma that like a few months later after the team had died and i was like talking to him um he was like surprised because that wasn't like a rule or anything that they had it was just something that like kind of like naturally happened. Yeah. so like there was like certain patterns that daps would just kind of like stick to in his calling that made it a bit easy to read his teams and so having those like those patterns and, like those set themes i think help his team uh, in some ways to like you know make sure they know what's coming and like operating together pretty well but at the same time, I think just needed to do a better job of like adapting it over time and making it harder to read. But like I said, I don't know how much the online era kind of affected that in terms of how much they were changing things.
3: I, I kind of want to see how uh, how Obo plays with a little bit more like coaching from Daps as well, like having two, having both Tanislaw and Daps able to like prop him up and give them a little bit more advice. I think that'll be like Obo's already sick, but like, if he can evolve even further, that will be—that's just gonna be fucking scary, honestly.
0: Obo is like when you see him, like I by the eye test, I—I I, I think his stats are pretty good on EG. I don't think they're not like cra- they're not crazy, by they're
3: not way. nuts, but yeah, yeah, he passes like his eye test is nuts, honestly. Yeah, it's just when he
0: mm. sees a target, they just they just get melted so frequently. He's so he's so fast. He's so snappy mm-hmm. with his aim too. Like, um, I think I think with Daps, I think what's so what's nice, I, I think was it? Uh, I forgot which. I think was it Junior or Mix that said it. Basically, the the whole breeze angle that if there's anybody that's gonna unlock him again, it could be Daps. Is something that I was thinking of. Just that can just sky like. That can just help this team so much um but one thing that i've also really disliked about eg in the period kind of for the last handful of tournaments is that their their trading is really bad like i'm not it's kind of in line with the thing where i said mihu was wide swinging a lot but it's also statistically i looked at it and for the last I i think it was four tournaments or basically every tournament since mihu has been on the team their trade percentages have been like 15%, 17%, 19%, 15%, 17%, 19%, like the highest, the best trading tournament they played was 20.9% trades. And when they were good, like in 2019, 2020, they were trading, I look back at it and they were trading like 22% of the time, 24% of the time, up to 25% of the time. And it was like, that just is so obvious when I watch them now versus then that it's just like, they, the way they move as a unit is not there right now. And I hope that daps brings some of that back. Like mix, you were talking about how they kind of do the one, three, one. I felt like the packs, uh, a few, like a year ago for EG, like when the pack, like, like not the extremity players, but the, the pack group was so much better. Like it felt like it was more cohesive. And I think that probably had to do with the fact that they were using Tarek to, to help those groups out. And, um, sometimes, sometimes Ethan would be part of those groups too. Uh, and like, like i i just feel like they've lost a lot in terms of just working i don't know if they don't trust each other or maybe it's just like they just know they're they're gonna change things up so they don't want to worry about it too much it, it just feels like it's too loose it's a little too loose for my taking right my, my liking right now
3: i just felt like their extremity players were also like not fully comfortable like on the inferno game i was watching versus Yamid, they would mm-hmm. take like bracket control but then they would leave like me who not like in boiler or they wouldn't even get him into into actually into the arches at all. He'd just be sitting top mid like next to one of the cubbies and he'd just mm. sit there. I'm like, you're gonna get flashed and then they are just double swung. So yeah, like,
0: you're gonna die there. Yeah,
3: and it happened like two or three times throughout that half, and and they lost twenty two to twenty. Like,
0: oh god, that's painful.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think they need to figure out.
1: They need more time to figure out their like their teamwork and roles because when I watch them, I don't really know. Like I know who the opera is and who the IGL is. I don't like, I don't think who's like, who's entering, who's right. who's supporting the entry, who's right. trading the entry. I just know who the opera and the IGL is.
0: Yeah. It, it always makes me worried when I, when a team's T tea side does like, I know that the role, like it's been said for the past handful of years that, you know, roles are kind of antiquated and that everybody should be able to do anything at any given time. But like, it helps so much for the like any team that says that versus a team like Astralis had their players outlined on who was what, who the entry fragger yeah. was. Yeah. Also, it's like, the, like to do gambit, like gambit do as well. Yeah.
2: It's not something that like you should be like, yeah, we're just not gonna have any roles because it's like everyone can just do anything at any time, right? Yeah. It's more like if you have it already outlines and like you know exactly what each person supposed like you know to an extent like what person what each person is doing like what your plan is and stuff if you have to change it based off of that it's so much easier to do than if you're just like starting it from scratch every time mm-hmm. if you're like trying to build like your execute like in the mid round every time deciding who's going to do what who's going to throw what compared to like if you have like your normal execute and then like you don't have everything that you have planned for it but it's just like okay we're going to do our b execute and then okay just change this you do his role you do his role stuff like that like everything is just a lot more flowing when you do it kind of like that
3: Oh, it's think... also just harder to like condition players. Like, if you're an extremity player, it's going to be harder to condition if you're swapping out like three different players for that same spot in different rounds, right? Like, you don't know what the team's going to be doing to adapt against it. For example, like, NAF when he plays Inferno Halls, like, he's, I think, really good at conditioning other players into certain things. But if you're swapping him out for like two other players, it's not going to be, it's not really going to be to the same degree, right?
4: Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think, I think like a... that.
1: Um, the thing I've always like noticed is it's hard to make a bait player an entry player, and hard to make an entry player a baiter. Because right. when things mm-hmm. like go hectic, they're gonna do their natural, their natural role. Like they, it's hard to like think to like switch your natural thinking ability of the game. Because like if I'm an opera, if I get into like a situation I'm not comfortable in, I will sit AFK. And, and if I have another player that's like when I play with Curry. Curry would run in for me and Grimm anywhere. Like, he would listen to anything we say to make us comfortable. So, if you have that type of player, it's a lot easier to like. Because those players are really hard to find. Because mm-hmm. every player wants to be the star, the star, top one HLTV rifler in the world. And like, every team needs and enters a Taric. Like, the players, players like that, that like they're like the most important pieces because i don't Flames. think like Flames-y. <laughs> <laughs> i think Flamesy's a god yeah, every yeah. team is like needs that type of player yeah if like shiro and hobbit and Axile are gonna succeed enters is like
0: needed he's for okay that team. With, he's okay with running in yeah 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 making that space because he knows who's behind him yeah that's a good that's a good point uh i, I think that's that brings me to – we didn't really talk about NIP, but it makes me kind of concerned about about them on T-Side moving forward a lot is that – I don't know if you guys heard the the part on the HLTV confirmed thing. I think Professor asked Hampus – like, Flusha was wondering what your guys' roles were because everybody's confused about who's playing what role. And then Hampus said, like, oh, yeah, well, like – like Rez is the entry fragger plopski is the entry fragger and then i was like but Hampus, you take the most entry duels on the team so it's like (laughs) aren't you the entry fragger like he's like i don't and then he's like i don't know why Flesha would think that and it's like you just basically said three people are entry fraggers like i I don't think you it's just yeah it it just helps a team so much when when everybody knows uh, like
3: who needs an entry fragger when you have Cristiano ronaldo you know
0: God yeah. <laughs> well for CT side, for CT side he can be. He can just take any fight whenever he wants to. Like device just does what it feels like. Device is definitely an example of like an opera like you're saying Junior where he's just tell- calling his play every round. And mm-hmm. that's that elevated NIP. I don't I mean, I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts about NIP uh post well, post device at least. Like um I mean, whether you guys caught more of the ZTR version or the the LNZ version. Uh do you guys think this is a I think they are. Let's see their ranking. Let's just see their ranking, so I don't pull a complexity here. They are sixth right now, and they just moved up five slots. So, do you guys think that? Do you guys think that uh, NIP is more likely to move up to a top three ranking, or do you think they're more likely to move back down to tenth?
1: I think if NIP want to be consistently a top team. They have to figure out this whole academy players coming in and out in oh, yeah. this whole situation, because yeah. you can't like bring in device and just keep swapping players. You need the, like a steady like a steady kind team of to play? like a,
2: like a similar thing and that like I feel like they kind of like the core three figured out right now. there's like device, res and hampus. Yeah. I think that's like a really nice three to build around, yeah but Plopsky hasn't really been performing well in like the past few months. Compared to what he needs to be and they also just kind of have this like revolving door of a fifth in terms of like the fifth player they're trying to find like if you compare it, it's like Astralis like what device had in Astralis right. Um I mean obviously I can't say it's similar to are calling but like Campus is like kind of similar to Glaive and like in terms of like you know the a caller they're often like getting a ton of info they're both super aggressive. Yeah. Um Rez is like kind of like the pre uh in a way you know it's kind of like his role he's trying to he needs to be like one of the star rockers backing up device. Mm -hmm. and then it's like but they haven't really figured out like the two anchors and like the two rocks of the team you know you had magis and zipnicks obviously Mm -hmm. and like at the moment they have Plopsky, who like isn't really performing well and they have like a revolving door from the academy team so it's something they still have to really figure out like those last two slots whether it's like Plopsky finding more of his role and finding more confidence performing better and who like the fifth is going to be if it's going to be lnc for the foreseeable future who had like a decent series i think in Blast, but, like, he looked better than ZTR did, Um, but still, you know, just, like, kind of average that overall. So it's, well, like, basically... It's like... just
3: hard to find, like, Swedish talent right now, I think, like, that's just, like, yeah. established, right? That's why they're bringing up new players, but, like, who else would you fill... Who would you replace Plopski with, for example, if you were trying to find another player right now? Brolin. Yeah, he's it's, he's like, he's got contract. a five-year contract. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Brolin just <laughs> resigned.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. It's, like, it sucks that, like, I feel like they are committed to being Swedish, which I think they are, because device is speaking it as well. Mm-hmm. It depends on like who they can get, because like if you could get like, like I said, like someone like Asa Tag is like perfect for like the role player role in terms of like what the NIP Academy players have been filling stuff like that. You know, filling like those like similar types of roles, stuff like that, or like even if like the dream happens, it next is like, ah, fuck this, so I'm going to NIP too, and then Asa Tag just replace the astralis or something like that. <laughs>
0: zip would be in i think zip would be like by far the i mean I don't, even, I don't know if he speaks swedish and so this is maybe not even worthwhile but but basically yeah. I, I thought they looked i thought they looked better with ztr than with linus in terms of like their run at flashpoint 3 versus even their run at blast statistically linus did better and i think in anchor positions he's going to get more more done more kills but ztr in terms of his kind of almost lack of initiative was really good in my eyes for uh, at flashpoint because then you got rez and device being point dudes in terms of like you're just making space for them and i felt like they popped off pretty pretty well like they looked they both looked really good at that tournament and i so someone that is kind of more of a backseat player like zip would be amazing but again like is it even possible probably not Maybe. I think yeah. for
3: me, it just seemed like Linus's decision-making was a little bit snappier, just like in, in individual trades and whatnot. But like you're saying, ZTR was really good at buying time for players and just like living. So it's like they, they did different roles for the team and they sort of need both,
0: yeah. it feels like. Yeah, they kind of need a guy that's a combination of both of them. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. Uh, I think
2: that's like... why yeah, it'd be my dream. If Zipnix could speak, could speak Swedish... That mix just hopping over the NIP with device the and then Essa Tag just going back to Astralis. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like my personal fantasy. <laughs> yeah, of the uh, of these two teams that I think would work really well. And also, I just want it. I really like to see Essa Tag back on Astralis because I really like him and I think he'd be really good. He's he's like a really good fit for that team.
0: Hmm. Okay. Uh, other the last piece of news before we get into the question of the week is actually that Mix has joined wow. Nordevind. Okay, so Mix, how did how did this come about?
2: Uh, I was about to go to sleep one night at like 4 a.m., and then I just got a DM from the GM. Like, they were interested in both me and Elma. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, right. that time, yeah. talking to him? <laughs> what is this? Um, okay, well. Sorry, you
2: guys. That's number three.
0: Okay. We're back. <laughs> we're back. Okay, so you got a DM. They were... Yeah, yeah.
2: So it was like 4 a.m. I got a DM, and then I had a meeting. They're actually potentially interested both in me and Elma Putty, even mm-hmm. like as like a duo. Um, you know, like kind of like us like continuing kind of like what we were doing, was, like for our coaching stuff from C nine. Yeah. Um, uh, but obviously since I don't think he was like as interested, and also I think it's just a role like for this team especially that kind of just fits me more in terms of like how I'm still developing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like where the team is at the moment. So yeah, I mean it just kind of came about. I had like a kind of like kind of like a trial with them like a month ago or so. Where we were I was mostly so just like kind of kind of feeling the team out. They were kind of feeling me out in terms of like like how I like to do things as well. And then yeah, I kinda of joined like like two weeks ago officially at this point, somewhat something like that. Um I, like my first BO3 against with them was like against Fiends uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then I kinda of joined before one of our other matches. Yeah, so happened pretty fast, honestly, in terms of I was kind of just chilling, got a DM from him, kinda of talked to him a bit. I liked what they were doing in terms of like their organization and they also like kind of like the attitude that I have and what I want to bring to coaching and stuff like that. So it was like a pretty a, a pretty nice fit.
3: Um, what's it been like being a head coach like in terms of the difference between where you were on Cloud9 and now? Um, I definitely like more control over things
2: in terms of like what's happening. Like it's like especially on this team it's like almost like what my what like my United opportunity was supposed to be two years ago right where it's like Supposed to be the head coach. You're supposed to have like you know power over the team. You know control the roster, things like that. Those are all things that I have now, where it's like you know, it's the coach's team. You know, like it's my team uh, to do with how I how I see fit. Um, rather than you know, I'm just kind of like a sixth man for the players type thing. So yeah. it's really nice. Uh, one thing I have been able to like getting used to, especially, is just like getting used to more. You know, being within the games because also like something that I don't have much experience with is like being a head coach like within the game and also like I've never played on a team like I've never even played on like an open team like for a full season or anything so it's like I don't really have much experience playing myself so especially in the online era where you can be more vocal at times um, you know kind of getting more used to that stuff um, learning to be more vocal learning that I you know with like more influence over the team comes like more direct the results affect you a lot more directly in terms of like how much influence you have over them, stuff like that. So just getting used to like how much control and influence I have over the team, and how much uh, certain things can like really affect me compared to like as an assistant coach. For you can only do so much, so you try to like separate yourself from the results even somewhat a little bit.
0: So hmm. if people aren't familiar with Nordivin, the hmm. the players are Mertz, Tensky, HS Supra, and Mirbit. Uh, Super is pretty interesting because he was on the Gambit Youngsters roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. HS uh kind of has been bouncing on a lot of teams. I think the best team he was on was Optic, if I'm not mistaken, where or maybe that wasn't the best, but it was one of the more notable ones. And yeah. then I think he played at a major. Actually, I remember just because I
2: yeah played Penta. I think no. Oh,
0: yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I remember just because I, I think I got, it was yeah. I got one of yeah. his stickers and I was like, who the Hell is. It? It
4: was,
0: it was, <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, hs hs has actually DM me a very long time ago. He wanted me to do a player analysis, one of my demo review YouTube videos about him. But uh, yeah, I,
2: he's uh, really hardworking. He likes yeah. such, he loves shit like that.
0: Yeah, and then Mertz has had these rumors. I'm sure you can't comment on about him going to Astralis. Uh, that they're looking at him, and he's he, statistically speaking, he's been the strongest player for Nordovan for a while.
3: Yeah, and, and
2: from what I know, those are. Pretty much bogus, at least at the moment. So hmm. I will say that, like at the moment, that's not really a thing. I mean, yeah, maybe it'll change. Nothing
3: related to it. Yeah, hmm, like, maybe
2: it'll change. Maybe maybe it's like only with an or something. They just haven't reached out or anything. But hmm. like from what I know at the moment, that wasn't really anything that like was actually happening or even planned to happen. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of just chilling for now.
3: And merch has been playing really well for them, though. I, I was yeah. looking at the at stats for the last couple of matches that you guys have played and he seems like he's doing really well
0: i remember merbit too actually like in the german scene he was on sprout he was on alternate attacks uh i remember i just remember from like meistershaft he was like one of the players that was bringing up i think on sprout a lot of the time when they were bullying when they were just bullying teams he was he was part of that that crew of people so he Mm -hmm. was he's got some skill as well i remember and I guess. I guess one thing I want to know, uh, when you say you have complete control, mix. So if you to tomorrow said Mirbit, I'm not liking your attitude. Like, can, are you just? Can you kick him off the team? Like, what could you actually do that?
2: I mean, I don't. Maybe not like <laughs> at the moment because I just joined like two <laughs> yeah, no, weeks okay, ago. So okay, it's I like just, <laughs>
0: I just want to know the scope of your abilities on there. Like your, you know, I mean, we'll kind of
2: see. I kind of how things progress, but yeah. and and. Like, in theory, yes. Like, if I okay. felt someone wasn't performing on the team or I felt, you know, change had to be made, then yeah, I could I could do that. Obviously, I'm not going to, like, come in and be like, a week later, yeah, you know what? I think we should just kick, like, three people. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> but
2: um, one thing I have come, like, I haven't, like, come in and, like, obviously I haven't, like, changed players that, like, wanted to do that yet or anything. Mm-hmm. But I did come in and, like, on our T-sides, I changed the spots on every single map. Oh, like, wow. literally every single map. And then CT-sides, I changed the spots on every single map except two hmm So like I've kind of been changing like how we've like structured ourselves. Like I'm trying to get um HS into like a role that I think fits some more, I'm trying to get Super into a role that kinda of, like fits some more, trying to like activate them uh okay. a bit more in terms of like also bringing like my own structure and stuff. Um like one thing I came in is we started playing Nuke, mm-hmm. um, which Super has actually literally never played yeah. in his career. Wow. Cause he Gambit youngsters never Gambit played Bandit. Nuke. Right. Yeah, yeah, and event also perma it before I joined. So he's literally playing for the first time. So he's played it about five times in a team setting at this point. Wow. Um. I mean, he's kind of just a natural at it because like, he's really good at like taking like contact tools, you know, entering, going Spot. first, stuff like that. Huh? Uh, he's like the door lurk and he's like the hut guy. The, like the uh, A okay. anchor. Anchor. It's so, like, okay. so he's like the door guy. So he can just walk out door and just like annihilate people with enter. Yeah. Or, you know, just solid holes towards hut and stuff. So yeah, trying to activate more in terms of that. He's also just been playing like more before he was playing like all anchor spots and like all like uh like lurk spots where he didn't really do much mm-hmm. so like I've been trying to change that around so that he's playing more like map control working more like in that in terms of like doing more stuff in lines of like he was doing on Gambit and super is still like 19 like he's still really young like a lot of the other Gambit guys and mm-hmm. the reason like he uh kind of got like removed from the team was cause I think a he couldn't get like a Russian visa to like boot camp yeah the with visa them. thing I remember that yeah and also he was like the only like non-natural uh the only person that didn't like naturally speak russian on the team i'm pretty sure he's actually estonian oh yeah so yeah um just trying to get him more activated like like i like the results and like the results had not been very good like especially in the past few months just like been turmoil on the team and stuff and like things have been kind of like boiling to a certain point so but you know you look at the stats and like not like anyone's like completely just playing terribly uh individually right. it's just mertz for the most part is the only person that's like consistently playing really well in the most part so yeah, I think just trying to get that turned around, just like trying to get everyone activated, playing spots that kind of naturally fit them a lot more.
3: Cool. Has the reception from the players been like, okay with like, I guess you just coming in? Like they haven't been like this fucking North American coach coming in and like <laughs> trying to change all of our shit.
2: Yeah, they've actually been really receptive to like literally everything. So I think they also didn't really like the spot that they were in and, you know, they weren't like playing well, so it's not like they're gonna be like, no, we shouldn't do this, and, you know, stuff like that. Like they've been pretty open to like everything I've said and like all the spot changes that I've made and you know, pretty much everything. They're pretty much obsessed like even from the get-go, in terms of like how I wanna do prep and stuff. Like, you know, they weren't doing like in depth prep like I like to do and like really studying teams, so um it's worked out pretty well so far and like the BO3s we played, it's been going pretty well. Um ESEA advanced. I'm like two and two since I joined. I've never played anything harder than ESEA Advanced in Europe. <laughs> just, just everyone's just insane. Yeah. I guess like you play these Bo ones and like you have to win both pistols. Like it's insane. Like I hate these Bo ones. Holy shit! It just feels like it's such a coin flip. But the Bo three have been going well, so I guess you know that's all I can really ask for. We beat like three top thirty teams uh, in a row at this point, so
1: yeah. Then Tropic Gun was big
2: yeah that one was big i don't know honestly beating the bulgarian teams was harder because the bulgarian and they're i'm pretty sure they're like the best players in the world <laughs> like i lost the i lost the Voivoda. like that was like the big loss on c9 yeah
1: yeah
2: ships is unscathed and then the other bulgarian team the one that has like victor bubble and dreamer those guys oh yeah and i'm like Dreamer has had an interview he's like yeah i'm more motivated than ever now but, like i'm not Zach being like yeah i can tell because suddenly he's just like the best lurker that i've ever seen in my life like <laughs> Those guys, like, I never understand anything that they're doing, but yet it's still just like it all just works somehow. Like I don't know, they're the best team in the world in my opinion, so there's no bias there. I'm not joking. Fiend is literally the best but the best team in the world. And you guys beat just them. You guys know. so you're the yeah, best team so, in the world. Yeah, so we're probably like top five at this point if we manage to beat Fiend. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh before we go to the question of the week, Alex, you you wanted to talk about Shake to Bad News bears at the start? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So we haven't really talked about any NA news. So let's get into some of that. So yeah, what what if? Uh, I guess Junior, what do you, what do you think of that? What do you think of that move? The the shake for Alter on Bad News Bears.
1: I think it was like the best move possible for BNB because mm-hmm. PTR can like fully focus on like opping, opera things instead of having to manage everybody. And I think Shake will do well with that team because. It's like a new fresh breath of air for him, and he like he needed it really bad because like he wasn't he was kind of struggling on triumph with, like not just calling but like like the team in general yeah so yeah like that seems was, like it different.
2: seemed like in a weird bit of a weird spot because especially yeah. considering the players they had even before when they still like b wills and Fizz both like I feel like they weren't they should have been around like where extra Salt was in my opinion yeah. in terms of like results They should have a lot better. Yeah, and they weren't like hitting that at all consistently.
0: The roles were a little weird for me. On yeah, the, the they were team.
2: kind of the team just seemed like a bit of a mess, like a bit struggling. They didn't, it didn't seem like they like found their identity at all, it was like the main thing. They were mm-hmm. still just like kind of like a gnome insult, that felt like at some points.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just from talking to Shake as well, like being able to, Well, like, one thing that was he was really struggling, like, is that he doesn't want to be in the same position as he was with like and Jr. where he like brings up one or one player and then they just get poached again and then he has to restart over and over again like that's just extremely frustrating to be in that sort of spot over and over uh, but on top of that like there's that element to it and then there's the element of like playing with players where you just can't even get to that position again and that was yeah. sort of where he was at with the with the last prime roster like you just can't reach that same sure. level and once you hit that point like he just wanted something new and uh that's sort of it's what tough thing to know, like balance when
2: you're like in one of these teams like and especially in the tier two level you have to be able to balance like the players you are finding it's like yep. you can't always just get like the new hot like young commodity right that like would be the obvious choice to like bring up because like even if they come and they do play well they're gonna get poached like three months in so it's like you have to have like a balance of like also like sometimes like you see these teams pick up like maybe like old timers that you might consider washed up but like you know i think that sometimes it's better to get a guy like that because if they do come in and they do play well the odds of them getting poached like instantly are like a lot lower you can actually like really build something kind of like how you know yeah that was gonna say all like someone coming in and like kind of like having a resurgence type thing i think hobbit has really showed like how possible that is for some for that to yeah. happen
0: would so you, I'm. I feel like Note and Junior. You guys have probably watch been watching North American stuff closer than uh, myself and mix. I, I mean, I. What if, what have you got? What can you guys say about the bad news bears roster? I actually, actually, they won Premier when I was playing. I played Premier when they won that season. Actually, a little. So I, I, but I didn't play again. They weren't in my group actually. So I can't really talk about them too much. But. I guess, Junior. What, have you, what do you think? What do you think about the, the players on there? We've got we've had Swisher on the podcast, actually, and so we've we had like John G's their entry. Peter was their IGL, but like with this new look, like what what kind of role was Alter filling? And like, do you think Shake, in terms of his skills, could pick that role up?
1: I think um, Shake will be able to enable John G to play a lot more.
0: Because well, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, John G, I think Johnji's the best player on that team and he has oh, a lot of
0: impact. Yeah.
1: But I think uh like he will help Johnji a lot to be more Because Johnji likes to like he likes to like run at you. He will run at you. Mm-hmm. So I think if he ha- have Sheikh Sula on the team, he will he'll help him to like have higher percentage of his running at you ability to work instead of because sometimes <laughs> John G will go like have a series where he's like six and twenty-five every game, mm. and like mm-hmm. you can't have that when you're like the team's best player. I think so. I think shake will help him a lot with that.
0: I think you even uh, saying that it brings up the fact that Peter should now like Peter was like I do, I know I do remember when I watched uh the playoffs of Premier a little bit when they won that season that he was the deadly flasher like he just threw every, yeah it felt like he was throwing everything but now he can actually maybe be aggressive or maybe just yeah, play the something. game. Yeah, play, play, like not be a flasher. Like not do yeah. that. So that should that should help. I think no, you're gonna you're gonna bring something up.
3: I was gonna say I think like Shake won't just enable a but I hope that he's able to enable Swisher more too, because I think Switcher is also like a pretty sick player who's one of like the next players to come up who hasn't really had a chance to break through yet. So I hope that, that like that no. sort of duo would be pretty sick to to get online for for that team. Overall,
2: yeah, at the moment I'm still kinda worried about what Bad Newsfair's peak actually is.
4: Because
2: PTR is only going to be able to hit like a certain level most likely. Because you know, obviously he's been around for a while. Um he's really good at NNA and stuff. But you know, when they go to Europe and they play like all these better teams, like I assume PTR is not gonna be averaging like a one point twenty five rating or something. Um it's just a lot tougher to do. So like what really needs to happen in this Bad Newsfair team for like, their peak to really increase and really like take out some like decent names and have some good maps and stuff is yeah they really need janji like to consistently be able to play like this against good teams you know on chaos he was like pretty good but like he was also like like kind of like like their fourth best player on the team just kind of like naturally like what his play style was and like what he was doing on the team and so like he needs to be able to like if he's hitting if he's playing like he is and he's like you know playing at that level he needs to be like consistently better than that like you know they're on average like their best player the second best player type and yeah it really depends on like swisher especially um if he can actually build into like a star player on the team. Um I think he really needs to like come into his own in terms of that and actually uh hitting like a new level in terms of like what he's been able to do so far.
0: What I I actually I played a kind of a season with Swisher actually and I I felt like he was always just a really nice, well-rounded player that looked like he wanted to evolve every part of his game. He wasn't just focusing on like being a brainy nerd nade, nade player. Not nerd, but nade player. And like, or trying to be too aggressive, or anything like that. Like in the mid round, it felt like he was thriving in terms of kind of knowing what was happening, having good reactions. And but I didn't. I admittedly did not watch CS Summit Eight. It was happening the same time as Flashpoint. I didn't have time to see it. Mm -hmm. Did you? So when and after that though, Richard Lewis brought up that he thought Swisher is probably. He thought Swisher was, I think, the best player on Bad News Bears. Like he was the revelation on that team. What What did he sh- What did he show in your guys' eyes? Or like, d- actually, did you guys Did you play him, Junior, at that tournament? No. Okay. Did well? What did you and probably or note? Did you guys see him? What, what What's he? What is he really good at now? Why Why, why would Richard say that?
3: Um, I don't know. I just felt like Swisher's like mid- like. Mixed out his mid mid round were really good in terms of just the way like he reacted certain situations. It didn't seem like there was a delay in his decision making, mm-hmm. which sort of just really helped in general against like you can't lose those small timing windows and he he takes advantage of it as well um yeah i don't know, I don't know how to put it in, into anything quite concrete, but it was basically like he doesn't seem to be nervous in a lot of those situations where you mm-hmm. would see some of these players be nervous. In some of those big events, where they're first playing against teams like like Godsent, for example, oh, okay, like yeah. it's just like, yeah, I think I think just the general approach he had against some of these teams worked out, and if that continues to evolve with Shake, then I think the team is able to like that. That is sort of what needs to happen to to get this team to step up when they go to Europe now, for example. Yeah, I think if Shake can
1: bring the best out of Swisher as well, that the team will be pretty solid. They have John G. Swisher and PTR. Like, I think PTR is still really good, except like the whole age thing comes into factor. But I think he's he still has the ability to to compete. And I think that if Shake can somehow, I th- I'm not somehow because I know he will like figure out everybody's strengths and their weaknesses and play towards them that they'll be good mm. in some
0: months'
3: times. All
0: right, all right, all right. I think that's enough on, on Bad News Bears. Um, and hey, oh, they well. also
3: have merch coming out, by the way. They Support do. NA. Oh, isn't it oh, a collab
0: with just, like, chillin', Big it's Chillin'? It's with Big Chillin', yeah. Big, big, big Chillin' Bad News Bears collab, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think it's, it's on that.
3: the 24th or something. All right, well, that everybody get your
0: calendars out, get, your, uh, get the <laughs> drop date right on point so you don't miss out if you want to support bad news bearers because yeah so actually one last question then for for junior before we go into the question of the week i have one more question for junior and it's what what does the the future look like for junior what does it look for like me? for me
1: um well i just i just asked for a break cuz the whole i was it was like i don't wouldn't call it burnout but like i was just super stressed and like wasn't enjoying counter strike Mm-hmm. So right now I'm just taking like time off to find like my love for the game again cuz it, it kind of like disappeared for the past couple of months. Mm. So like right now I'm like just taking time off and like casually playing Counter-Strike instead of like putting my whole work ethic into it.
0: Okay. Are you playing FPL?
1: The FPL is been popping.
0: It is it, it has I I've, I've been trying to play it too cuz I am I and I I like I see one game a day or something, and I'm like, yeah. I didn't get it. Okay. That's how it is. That's just, yeah, so I... Uh, that's... Yeah, it's kind of hard to find the games for it right yeah. now. It's weird, but...
3: I mean, uh, quickly, you you say you lost your, like, love for the game. Is that just because you were boot camping con- constantly? Like, you were yeah. playing from home? Is it just the constant I, grind? Yeah, it was like... Of? It was like something I'm not used to, because I went... I had, like...
1: My whole everyday life was counter-strike like i couldn't and i was like seven hours away from friends family so i couldn't like play with them or talk to them if i if i wanted to it was like one two o'clock at night but then i had to wake up for practice and the next day so i didn't really have like and also i was by myself with portuguese speakers like they're they're like my brothers but like they're not like they're poor. They're they're Brazilian, So they're not
0: your best friends. Is the, yeah. they they can be your yeah. friends, but they're not. It's not the same as your like local group of friends you probably hang out with regularly. Yeah.
1: Something. So it was like it was just like I was, I was the whole. It was like the whole rush thing. Like when he first got there, he was super depressed. But like yeah. I, for me, when I hit like the two month mark of being gone, I was like, wow, this is like, I I need to like I need I need a break from this. This is a lot because yeah. like when I got, I first got there like it was like a dream come true but then every day is every single day is the same so then it it takes a toll on you
0: yeah i i actually when you put it somehow when you put it like that it just struck me like when i played for asio and we had to move into that team house in oklahoma it was just like Mm -hmm. even though it's still america it was just foreign it, it feels very foreign like i've never been i've actually never lived in a landlocked area period i'm always by an ocean in california new york and hawaii but and then it's just its odd and
2: moving to oklahoma and then moving to
0: oklahoma yeah. is just like <laughs> what, what is going on here nothing nothing's going on here actually is the answer to that question but uh it's just it's and then putting your entire life into it it feels so different than even when you're grinding on teams before that it feels like because you're at home there's that kind of work-life balance where after practice you can kind of go back to your relax. life. Yeah, yeah, your relaxation period is much more to your liking whereas when you're in a new area, the way you relax is not the same. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't even know what to I don't even know what to do there. Like I was like I can't go see my friends after, I have to hang out with my teammates and then it just feels like the the constant like the feeling of having to work with people. Like I don't if anybody works a normal job, they probably know that they don't always want to work with they don't want to hang out with their coworkers after work every day and that's the only people you know over there. So it's mm-hmm. such a It's such a different experience and like, but I think that's the one way I can put it to someone that works like a nine to five that like, you know, once a week, maybe hang out with your coworkers, but not, not every day. Like you don't want to do that. You
1: can't escape it. Like it's not like, I wouldn't say it's a nine to five, Counter-Strike, it's like a nine to five job. If you want to be the best, you have to do it like
3: every single
0: day, all day. Yeah. It's a life, it's a life choice.
3: It's your life. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: OK,
3: I mean, on the plus side, you never had your sheets stolen away in the middle of the night and the power turned off when you were up. house. true, 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 yeah,
4: <laughs> classic. <laughs>
0: uh, OK, uh, let's go into the question of the week. We'll finish up with this and. Uh, I don't think the graphics going to work, guys. I'll, no, it's not. It's not going to work, actually, almost surely. Let me see. I'll try it for anybody actually watching the YouTube thing. Nope, it's very messed up. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the question is, so the question is, so that uh, people don't have to read it there, is something that's been striking me lately when I've been watching a lot of CS is that it feels like there's this balancing act between being proactive and reactive with the way that teams like to play. And... I would say a team that's very reactive, for example, is like NIP. They're very reactive. They play like back a lot of the time and they let the action come to them. Not saying that they don't have reactions to it, but they don't usually kick things off. In terms of proactive versus reactive play, and like a proactive play or team would be more like VP where they send you Kinder on some mission to start every round. In terms of those two, what do you think uh, is the best balance for... Uh, or what, well actually I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it a two part question do you think one is better for Counter-Strike than the other and Mix what do you think is better do you think being proactive is better or being reactive is better
2: Uh generally proactive but I mean it can kind of depend right for me the big yeah. thing is just making sure that like if you do like I think playing reactive is fine it also can just depend on like the players you have right Um but like if you are playing reactive like you need to still be playing kind of like proactive within like that, that window right like you can't just be like reacting to people and then just like letting them come into your angles especially in like online cs where like peaking peaker's advantage is like so strong Mm -hmm. like you can't just be like holding angles like all day and then just like doing nothing you need to have like okay if they do this how are we gonna like actually react to it you know what i mean like i think it's fine to do that it's like especially something i might even do it's like you know you start off the round by like not doing much and just kind of like reading a team so you know what to do um especially early like you need to understand kind of like how you're playing off of that most of the time and what like what like map control you're going to take how you're going to take it um what flaps you have to like take engagements when like another team's like trying to play the site or like you know understanding what timings you can um like what timings you can like flash into something and clear it or you know like try to take fights on it um you know playing buddy system pushing stuff together how you want to react and do stuff like that um I think it's it's kind of like a balance in terms of like which ones of which almost it's kind of weird kind of weird to it, think about it
0: switches in in small yeah. instances yeah
2: yeah exactly uh, but yeah in general it's like you need to like kind of like have a plan of some sorts and like even if you are playing reactive like you need like actual reactions you know not just stuff that like oh they're doing stuff and then i'm just like reacting just like whatever my mind comes up with in that moment you know oh i'm gonna play off of that and i'm just thinking about it within that instance like if you are playing reactive it needs to be like it's something to be like pre-planned stuff in terms of like how you're playing off of how how you're playing off of stuff.
0: Junior, what do you, what do you think? I think
1: that's what makes that. That's what makes Gambit so good is that they have every single reaction like fleshed out. Yeah. But sometimes they like, you'll see, they'll play the most basic CS you'll ever see. And then two rounds in a row, they'll just like run at you. Like you're some mm noob. (laughs) So they always keep you like guessing. They, there's th- that's why they're really hard to play against. Like you, you never know what they're gonna do, but you know what they're gonna do. Yeah, like I hate some teams. Like some teams, like you
2: know, like the BD falter is just gonna be chilling. You know, holding yeah. map control stuff like that. And then with Gambit, like Axel is just peeking fucking short all the time, just like randomly yeah. just taking dry fights. Yeah. Or like on Entro Peak, Forester like will just like walk out monster by himself. Like I remember one time like we played we played them in a scrim on C9 um, when they were still Windstrike. And Forrester was just walking out Monster on Floppy all the time and just killing him. Like, just taking, like, a one-on-one dry fight. And it's so hard to, like, fight, like, if you're not winning the fight, right? Like, it's such a, it can be such, like, a strong peak, especially if someone's comfortable with taking, like, the barrel fight and whatever. So it was, like, the next time when, like, we, the next time when we wanted to play them in a match, we thought we were going to play them on Overpass, we told Floppy to just buy an op at barrel. Like,
4: yeah. we're just like, yeah, fuck this I'm guy, like, just hold
2: him. Yeah, we're like, dude, fuck him, just hold him. Like, just, just buy an op, just buy a second op, like yeah Norman the barrel guy doesn't do it but like whatever right. if he wants to do that then like you just need to buy an off and just hold him it is I think sometimes I feel like yeah. I feel like some teams are scared to like go for like the second op or like on like certain spots or like you know do like certain things that are just reacting and punishing a team like that
4: mm-hmm. uh
0: to like junior what do you think would be the right balance for a team like what percent and you can split it up by side so if you think ct side is more reactive t side is one like would you say like a good t side is 80 20 more proactive than reactive or like what what kind of percentages are in your head when you think of what the what the optimal amount
1: i think if you have like a hmm if you have like i don't think i think you can be more active on t side than you can ct yeah you have a lot more space to play because on CT, I think it, de- it depends on based off, like, what's happening in the round. But if you, like, say, like, a 4v4 and you need info, I think you can only, like, you can't really, like, send, like, an anchor to go do it. It's got to be, like, an opper or, like, an aggressive rifler.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's a hard question.
4: Hmm. I well,
1: think,
0: like... Okay. How about, how about the, how about I put it like this? Uh, do you think, well, on T side, you want to be more proactive than reactive because you have, you eventually have to get into a bomb site, like obviously. Yeah. So, so what, what do you think, how much, how much more, God, it's so hard. It's so hard to give it like an exact way to even <laughs> ask this, but like what percentage more do you think you want to be proactive on T versus CT? Like, would you say you're like twice as uh, like, like 70% more proactive or just like a tad more, or like, yeah.
1: I think on CT, your only reactions come off the T's reactions, so you don't really like you. You can't just really be just be reactive because of no reason.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So your only your only reactions on CT side, or the actions of the CT.
0: Well, like sometimes you will want to do like mid, like an aggressive mid play on Mirage, for example, mm-hmm. as a CT, like run your rifler up and like do that two mid setup where the opera holds top and the, the rifler and Valley holds like the underpass thing. Like, so you have to get into those setups sometimes, but like, do you think a team should run? I think that? like
1: 20, 10, 20%. Yeah. I don't just, think
0: that like should a be a couple times a half,
1: couple times. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, that's like a, it's like a span you throw out there. And if it works, that's like a free round. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then the CT money is obviously hard to balance. So yeah, you're going to be going to be, you got to do it correctly. You can't do it on like the first gun round that you lose because then you lose until four, then zero five. Yeah. And you have no money.
0: No, what do you you got any opinions on proactive versus reactive?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think on, on two points. One is that I think it changes map to map as well because some maps you do have to be more proactive than reactive. Like, for example, on Dust 2, on a long rush, like your B player probably wants to be proactive or like react and push up or B if you know that they're going out long with four people, mm-hmm. for example. Um, or like on Mirage, if you have someone that you you know they're taking mid with three people, then you probably want your A guy or your B guys to push either A ramp or into, into apps and try and take that one-on-one, right? So like, there's a lot of reactions that can be done, but depending on the map, there's more like different proactive options as well. I think like 10-20% is probably the right breakdown on that. Like, because there's only so much that you can really do until you're just like, if someone's defaulting like Gambit does so much, like you're just gonna start feeding into them. Gonna in grief, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like there's there's only like a certain level to that that it's effective. So yeah, I think I think that's about it. Right.
0: Okay, what do you think though, Junior? What do you think? What do you think Art's number though would be for, for being
4: 100. <laughs> just just always 100
0: without a doubt. Yeah, just always do it on his own terms. Like I think. Oh no, Mix is gone again. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I think I think that it, like, for your role, you're you're an opera, I guess. I guess, I mean I guess you call your play pretty often though. Like you're, I mean, if you would want to, ideally, call it pretty often. So, well, okay, this was kind of a hard question to balance, actually. I've realized. And uh, how about I structure it like this? If you okay, if you're looking at the top five teams in the world right now. Like in oh shoot I don't want to I don't want to bring that up on my screen because then I, I just ruin everything. If you guys looked at the top five teams in the world right now, would you label any of them as like which ones would you label as proactive versus reactive gambit?
3: BP, proactive. BP, BP or proactive. VP would be proactive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about how about
3: heroic? I think they're pretty proactive. I would mm-hmm. say the, yeah. I would say they're more they're proactive pro- proactive yeah. than the other other three. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, Kiana especially.
3: Okay. How about yeah. yeah? We rank
0: we rank them like reactive to proactive. VP's the most proactive. Heroic second. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. about that? What about between Navi, G two, and Gambit?
1: I think G two would go in the third spot, and then I think it's hard because Gambit have Nafany and Navi have Boomich. Yeah.
2: Navi yeah. also have simple. I'd say. G2 is like the most reactive out of those teams.
0: You think G2 is more reactive than than her uh Gambit and and Navi? I
2: don't know about Gambit, but I think more so than Navi, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do you think Navi might be the most reactive of these mix?
2: No, I'm saying Navi's more proactive oh, than G2. Oh.
0: I was no, saying like yeah, Gambit yeah. Uh, not VG2, right? So they're just going one to five, and the most re- the most proactive. It actually is. is. <laughs> it's not always like that. It's not always like yeah. that. But, but today it looks like it might be. Yeah. I mean, if if G2 and Heroic were switched yesterday, then yeah. then it wouldn't be like this. But okay.
2: Well, I think um, I think G2 is the most reactive team, is what I was saying. So they're the least oh, proactive okay. team. Really? Yeah.
0: I think in the middle. I think last year they were way more pro. I will say I think they were way more proactive pre uh, Nico. Uh, I feel like Nico kind of lets things kind of come to him a little more. That being said, he can be an aggressive rifler at times mm-hmm. on CT side, but he, but yeah, I kind of I can see that. I
2: can yeah, see that. but between like Boomish and Simple, there's no way Navi's more reactive than than G two is. Right. Okay. Both of those two are always like making the game come to them.
4: Yeah. More. Yeah.
0: When you when you look at G two, like the only guy that really feels like an aggressive rifler has to be Jax, and then Amadeus is, yeah. is actually probably other than. Ooh,
2: yeah, and then play. even with Jax, I feel like he's more just like operating within, like what he's told to do.
0: Yeah, he just rather than play, just like makes the play yeah. that they they outlined already. Okay, all right, that's kind of a, a funky way to sum this one up. Uh, okay, I think that's gonna be it. So this is where we normally do plugs for anything you want you want. So Junior, what what you, what have you got coming up, or what do you want people to follow, or what do you want people to to know?
1: Um, right now. I think I'm just like following my YouTube and Twitter because okay. Twitter will obviously have the updates to like what's happening next, which I have no clue. And on my Twitter, you can see all my so- socials on my pinned tweet, and yeah.
0: Cool. Follow Junior's Twitter. It's right there actually beneath his webcam. So uh, check him out there. Mix, what have you got?
2: Shout out to Northern, new team. Usually, Pretty you nice. shout out
0: to a player. Who who are you shouting out on Nord Event? Well, it's
2: a team this time because I got a new team.
0: Okay, you got it. You got to do that one first, then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then we'll, then we'll go. Then we'll go to players. Time. The one yeah. player is Pimp, who's the streamer for Nord Event.
3: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, what have you got? Uh, yeah, I really just follow my Twitter as well. Nothing else. Uh, no shout articles? out. Bad News Bears. Not not right now, but shout out. Bad News Bears merch drop. It's on the twenty third. set
0: your calendars yeah go buy it set your alarms by the by the b and b drop
3: it's gonna sell
2: out quick okay it will actually probably will yeah
0: that's a good that's good that's good like love to see it i'll just shout out um pronogo even though he's not here this time as you guys may be able to tell by watching this because everybody's webcam is static and uh the, there's black boxes sup- weirdly <laughs> around everybody's stuff either way shout out to him he's not here so maybe I shouldn't shout him out but no he actually gave me the overlay and like showed me how to run it and everything like that so uh, I do have to give him props for that other than that just be sure to subscribe to the YouTube it looks like we might be getting some more it's server time podcast in there was a long hiatus there but we are back for now and if we can get as long as we can really get guests and keep it going then we'll keep it going um so sub to the YouTube and just follow follow everybody's Twitter all right, peace. As long as
3: our guests have webcams, you know.
0: Shout shout out also to the uh, to the Patreon, the people that still subscribed on Patreon. You guys are weird, but I appreciate you for still paying us. So <laughs> that's
3: cool. <laughs> yeah, big shout
4: out. All right, that's gonna be it. Well, oh, the comeback.